are you going with this? The world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow. 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 There's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gonz as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Cry News Talk. You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Today is June 8th, 2020, episode 206. And this week, social distancing, justice, or engineering. And my name's Basil. And this is Gons. Welcome to the podcast where we prove Jesus' words every episode. Forgive them for they know not what they do. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Coming, Let's get coming biblical. In hot. <laughs> wow, <laughs> Let's get biblical. Yeah. Strong words, Gons. Yep. Strong words, but I like them. I yep. like it. I like it when you get sassy. <laughs> Biblically sassy. Uh, we're live sassy. <laughs> on uh, <laughs> the Face Like the Sun YouTube channel, Canary Cry Radio YouTube channel, Twitch, DLive, uh, Facebook, and Periscope Twitter, which I never get any, any numbers from that. It just looks like nobody's watching. So yeah, what's up? That's everybody. Okay. How's everybody doing? That's okay. All the cool kids are over on Twitch and everybody else is just a, is just a future Twitcher. They're, they're just not there yet. Right. They are and are yet to come. Yes. <laughs> uh, so we appreciate that, everybody. But we love everybody tuning in. Thank you so much. Sorry we're a little late today, but Mondays, am I right, Gons? Lasagna. I don't know why you picked <laughs> lasagna for your thing, but... I don't know. I was feeling very Garfield-themed today, okay. so that's why it made it all over the posts. Awesome. <laughs> in the intro. <laughs> I, I thought maybe you grew up on Monday lasagna night or something, and maybe you wanted to, yeah, you know, go of. back into your old in a, days. In a sense. In a sense. Sure. Innocence. Innocence or in, in a sense? Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> any updates for over the weekend, Gons? How'd your weekend go Week- as we wait for everybody to jump in here? Weekend was okay, although I did uh, publish a video from my phone. It was actually uh, proof. That YouTube wow, look was, at you. I know, YouTube was deleting my uh, comments, and yeah, it's it, it concerns the BLM posts. Like anytime you, I post anything on BLM on my own channel, they go ahead and delete the comment, and uh, I just you know did a screen grab of it to show that they're actually doing it. So yeah, there you go, you fascists. Okay. Very good. Yeah, y- yeah. Very, very good. Very clever, Gonzo. <laughs> Yes, we're uh, continuous, continuously being um, sabotaged by YouTube. That's why all the cool kids are over on Twitch. And we've got some new first-timers, uh, but the chat is going so fast. I'm having a hard time catching their names. So if this is your first time watching on Twitch, welcome to the club. You're going to enjoy it uh, much more than those other places that shall not be named. And a big old shout-out to uh, to the, the OG podcast listeners listening on their podcast players. And I want to say... Oh, critical error. Oh, great. No, I'm okay. Uh-oh. I'll be okay, Guns. Oh, I thought that I was just a user. Had a critical error in virtual reality land, but I'm back. Okay. Um, but I want to give a big old shout out to anybody who's joining the uh, uh, 
chat or the live stream from canarycry.community. Yeah. Uh, we don't, we've, we've been slowing down on plugging canarycry.community lately, uh, but they are the premier Canary Cry radio social media place. Uh, it's a good place to <laughs> get lasagna of talking or something. <laughs> Sorry, it's go the ahead. show burps, man. The show burps always show up. Um, but uh, canarycry.community, a real URL, uh, is the place to go if you're trying to get away from Facebook or any of the other uh, nonsense social media platforms. It's a great place where uh, thousands of uh, Canary Cry listeners have flocked to for their social media needs. Um, it's a little bit more of a throwback to some forum style uh, social media, but nonetheless, uh, a, a significantly upgraded 2020 version of the uh, forum style there. So I recommend everybody go to canarycry.community and sign up and meet a bunch of people just like you. It's not all rainbows and ponies there, but uh, you know, at least everybody agrees on the important stuff. Cool. So that's it. And uh, existentially yours in the chat is a member of Canary Cry community. All right. I'll be uh, shouting out to different members uh, as the show progresses. Um, you so had an update. I have a, I do have an update for yeah, you guys. Tell us, Very tell us. interesting. As many longtime canary criers uh, will know, I, I will occasionally go full on boots on the ground, uh, go places, interview people, whether they're politicians from Rand Paul to uh, uh, Bundy, who ran for governor of Nevada. Uh, or all the way to Burning Man and give some boots on the ground reporting from Burning Man. And this last weekend, Gons, I thought it was my duty to all the listeners and producers out there uh, to go out and experience a Black Lives Matter protest on my own. So I did. Excellent. Before you go on, though, did you hit record on your audition? Uh, that's a great question. Let me check. Yes, I did. Fantastic. Yes, I did, because I'm a professional. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> been having issues with that the last couple episodes go on so yeah. you went to a blm so, did you did you wear I, your googly eyes to the so everyone can see <laughs> that basil was no, here but or there luckily you know it's uh it's just a part of culture now you can completely hide your face so i was wearing my mask had my sunglasses on had uh lots of nondescript clothing i was blending in quite well except for the fact that i had a big camera on me and a big uh uh, some other equipment. Um, and uh, it was very interesting. I had an interesting experience. It was nothing like what I've been seeing on TV. Of course, I really do not promote uh, looting and rioting. Um, but I thought, wow, what an exciting thing to cover if if this protest broke out into you know, the more exciting yet more illegal version uh, of the looting of the sorry, the protests that we've been seeing on the Internet and on TV. But that didn't happen. It was all peaceful. Um, I got there and there basically it was just kind of a big uh, there was a I was in a I traveled to a medium sized American city uh, and basically there's just a lot of speakers and, um, 
uh, there's a couple bands and people from different minority groups all kind of getting up and of course uh, giving giving similar messages uh, really almost almost uh, interchangeable messages which you know at least they're on a united front of course there's a lot of signs a lot of young people almost entirely uh, younger than me with the exception of uh, you know a handful of older people um police presence was fairly light i could really only see about 15 cops uh in uniform at one time looking around me uh and but there were uh national guard snipers i saw some snipers gone yeah on the rooftops i made sure you know it's all about your situational awareness Mm -hmm. and i was uh keeping an eye on the rooftops and things like that and i saw a couple little little stashes of uh people on some rooftops and with the help of a a powerful zoom lens on my camera i was able to make out that they were indeed snipers <laughs> keeping they an eye have, on everybody did they have like the the gun pointed out or anything or were they just kind of walking around at the time no it, it was mounted they okay. had it mounted uh you know on the the, the barrel mounted tripod there um but uh, you know they were there was a guy looking down the scope occasionally i think just for sighting just just keeping an eye keeping uh, an eye on you <laughs> binoculars didn't work so he was using his scope uh so that was pretty exciting um i'm trying to think oh somebody gave me a cookie (laughs) that was fun yeah somebody came walking around with a tray of cookies i think it was a company um trying to help i guess but uh taking the opportunity for some brand placement at the protest there is a delicious cookie yeah um, i was a little there was a second there while i was eating the cookie that i was thinking like uh-oh i probably shouldn't make a habit of taking cookies from strangers and eating them in a situation <laughs> like this who knows yeah, what fine. could be in this cookie um yeah <laughs> marry me basil in the chat says a cookie with covid so who knows we'll <laughs> the covid <see>. cookies <laughs> yeah we'll see what the develops over the next 14 COVID days <laughs> yeah um, but I was, I was starving. I, I was and just it was more a delicious cookie. I was more concerned that you know because your skin color, you're a walking crime right now. You're, oh my you're gosh. a walking it all, illegal. So. It was all white kids. <laughs> they were all white kids. I mean, except for the speakers. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, this is interesting to talk about. Okay. In this particular instance, uh, the speakers were almost entirely made up of faith leaders. Oh, um, a lot of pastors, some worship leaders uh, from local churches, the kind of ranging because I know uh, where the local churches kind of stand theologically. Mm-hmm. It was very interesting to see there was um, speakers all the way from a white guy uh, as a sort of interfaith uh, speaker. Oh, boy. Um, and then there was a bunch of Christian uh, leaders from around town. Uh, I'm happy to report many of them were black. Uh, at least it wasn't just a bunch of white people, you know, doing a black lives matter thing event. Uh, but you know, I did bring my recorder and stuff because usually in situations like this, I'll get a bunch of interviews. I'll usually something exciting happens (laughs) that makes it a compelling audio, uh, story. Almost nothing, exciting enough happened to make a full story out of it 
and nobody really wanted to talk to me. I think I kind of looked like a cop. I was getting a lot of <laughs> I was getting a lot of nasty looks uh, from people. Um, I don't know. I didn't I didn't quite I tried to blend in as best as I can I could, but I didn't quite match the full on, you know, revolutionary look that uh, most yeah. of the kids, you know, had there. I was getting a lot of sort of suspicious looks and nobody really talked to me. Um, there were some second amendment, uh, people showing up. Always good. Um, always helpful. Yep, some, some big gnarly dudes, uh, and they're, you know, full tactical gear, carrying rifles, uh, no mask. Everybody had masks, but those guys, no masks, uh, made a, made a point about that. And I wanted to talk to them as well, but they really did not want to talk to anybody. <laughs> And uh, they were they were kind of there to, uh, of course, protect businesses and stuff right. from writing uh, and looting, et cetera, et cetera. Anyways, the whole thing ended uh, peacefully, and you know there must have been a couple thousand people there, and uh, they dispersed, and nothing happened after that. Nothing so, exciting. So I hung around for a while, but uh, nothing, uh, nothing exciting. So nothing, nothing to the extreme of riots and looting and burning down businesses, but all, also nothing to the other extent of like dancing TikTok videos being filmed or anything like that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I was keeping an eye out for uh, social media, you know, opportunists. Right. Um, I didn't really see any. Okay. Either. No. So nobody trying like to that. virtue signal the other direction. Like the, I uh, really didn't. Everybody, I was very surprised because there were um, uh, existentially yours in the chat says fifteen police for two thousand people. Whoa! I'm sure there were more. Uh, I just probably really more. Spot them. Yeah, you can't see them. I'm sure there were some uh, plain clothes cops there. Stuff like that. Like you. <laughs> like me. <laughs> everybody thought I was a cop, dude. It was so funny. I'm just not cool enough now to blend in with the Gen Zers. Not as young as I used to be. Time so, anyways, passed. there you go. I I tried, everybody. I tried. I went down there. I tried to uh, uh, get some material to make an exciting Canary Cry Radio episode out of. But uh, unfortunately, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try again. If there's more, um, if there's more protests in a reasonable distance of me over the next couple of weeks, I will do my best to make it there. Um, uh, and try to try to get some stuff that we can build an episode out of, uh, and we'll just see what happens. See what happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. there, there's a few protests in my area as well, but I don't know after seeing, it looks like it just looked like a bunch of high school kids holding up signs that don't make any sense. Mm -hmm. You know, there was one that said like red blood for anger and then black lives matter. But it was like, doesn't everybody have red blood anyway? <laughs> not well, not a yeah. whole lot of that, that uh, educated be, posts that might be or educated signs. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Anyway, yep, there are a lot of signs there too. I nothing nothing too exciting. I spent a long time just recording me reading signs because there's <laughs> nothing else to report on. It's like let's go read some signs, and there is nothing exciting. You should have you know. just I'll stood. Try. You should have gotten your googly eyes and just stood on a giant. Uh, I don't know, bright car or something with a megaphone and said, I'll keep you warm and safe in my people zoo. I'm sure people yeah. would have been stoked. I know. You know what I <laughs> need to do is get some press, uh, uniform material, mm. some press, like a press vest, right? press badge. So people stuff. think you're more important than 
than well, how you appeared. We are technically press guns. I know, we, but we I've, don't get we've, we don't get verified into, as press. Uh, that's where. Well, we've gotten. Well, anyway, okay. So, anyways, moving on. Moving on. Um. Sleepy update. Do you want fries with that? That's right. We're going to do a quick Flippy update, folks. It's been a, a few episodes since we've uh, checked in on our buddy Flippy. And for those who it's your first time being here, you're not really sure what I'm talking about. Flippy is the colloquial name we have for uh, the disembodied robot arms that are popping up all over the place. Um you know, and they're taking our jobs, enslaving our children, and flirting with our spouses. And we use it as a proxy to examine how, when, and uh, in what sneaky ways robots are making their way into our life uh, and taking over the world. So, uh, this one comes from, oop, I lost it. There it is, sciencedaily.com. And uh, the article is titled, Artificial Chemist Combines AI, artificial intelligence, uh, comma, robotics to conduct autonomous R&D. Now, this is a big deal because companies, you know, traditionally will, at least the big ones, will put huge percentages of their earnings into R&D, getting ready for the future and seeing how else they can take over the world. And uh, this is no different. The article reads, researchers from North Carolina State University and the University at Buffalo have developed a technology called Artificial Chemist, which incorporates artificial intelligence and an automated system for performing chemical reactions to accelerate R&D and manufacturing of commercially desirable materials. In proof-of-concept experiments, the researchers demonstrated that artificial chemists can identify and produce the best possible quantum dots for any color in 15 minutes or less. Quantum dots are colloidal semiconductor nanocrystals, which, <laughs> that sounds fake, which are used in uh, applications such as LED displays. However, the researchers are quick to note that artificial chemists can identify the best material to meet any suite of measurable properties, not just quantum dots. Quote, artificial chemist is a truly autonomous system that can intelligently navigate through chemical the chemical universe, says Milad Abal-Hassani, according, uh, sorry, corresponding author of a paper on the work and an assistant professor of chemical and biomolecular engineering at North Carolina State. Quote, currently, artificial chemist is designed for solution processed materials, meaning it works for materials that can be made using liquid chemical precursors. Solution processed materials include high value materials such as quantum dots, metal, metal oxide, nanoparticles, metal organic frameworks, and so on. The artificial chemist is similar to a self-driving car, but a self-driving car at least has a finite number of routes to choose from in order to reach its pre-selected destination. With artificial chemist, you can give a set of desired parameters, which are the properties you want the final material to have. Artificial chemist uh, has to figure out everything else, such as what the chemical precursors will be and what the synthetic route will be while minimizing the consumption of those chemical precursors. So, Gons, long story short, and uh, I'll just summarize the rest of the article here for, for sake of time. They've built... Uh, They've basically combined a brain, an artificially intelligent brain, and mechanical uh, robotic 
a body, which is the actual language they use later on in the article, to be an autonomous uh, chemical engineer or scientist, where they will say, hey, we need a glue that has this much stickiness, is this color, and can be dissolved by this solution. And the artificial intelligence will just create it on its own right. uh, without any human help. Yeah. And, and not just dream it up uh, chemically, but also manufacture it, which is uh, very, very interesting and, and is a huge leap in what we see being used, uh, robotics and artificially artificial intelligence being used for now. Um, and it's, you know, when you talk about the scary speed of development of science and technology, you know, one of the big uh, worries that we have about artificial intelligence will be that it will gain the ability to either replicate itself, build itself, uh, you know, avatars, to be able to control. I mean, this is straight up Skynet, of course. Uh, this has been proposed for a long time. But this artificial chemist uh, is is exactly that in the form of, you know, uh, uh, instead of building other little robots, it can build um, chemicals. Yeah. So what happens when the AI turns against the scientists and creates a cloud of mustard gas in the lab, Gons? What happens then? Well, a couple things. First off, uh they can probably test out chemical reactions that normal people know are dangerous, you know, to see what, yep. what kind of things that they can come up with. But also mm -hmm. Sigra the Beast in the Twitch chat mentioned it and the, my exact thoughts, AI and chemist, if you put those together, you can make it look like it says alchemist. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah good call. So good a, a spot, few other people were mentioning was. it in the chat, but yeah, this is a, this is like alchemy, basically uh, robot making chemicals, trying yeah. to come up with all the, the stuff to Very replicate themselves and quantum dots and all the rest. So mm -hmm. good job. So there you Flippy. go. Flippy, Flippy got a, a promotion. He <laughs> yeah. started out flipping burgers in uh, fast food chains and making pizzas. And uh, now he's a chemical engineer. Our little man is growing up. Our, our man, a little robot man is growing up. <laughs> our little robot man is growing up. He's uh, really doing well for himself. Doing, doing it quickly as well. Very yeah, scary. Fast. Scary fast. fast. Yeah. I don't like yeah. it. Okay. <laughs> Talking about the riots and the protests and all that, CBSNews.com judge sets conditional bail of $1 million for ex-officer charged in George, George Floyd's death. And mm. I mean, there's not much to say other than he was... That's uh, a big bail, though. It's, it's big. Seriously. It's, yeah, I guess. But, it, you know, uh, I like how they, you know, CBS News, of course. Derek Chauvin, the white... Former Minneapolis police officer charged with murder and the death of George Floyd had his first court appearance Monday. A judge set an unconditional bail at $1.25 million or $1 million with conditions. Chauvin, who was seen as on a disturbing video pressing his knee into the handcuffed black man's neck for nearly nine minutes, is charged with second-degree murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter. Chauvin 44 appeared in Hennepin County Court via a video feed Monday afternoon from the state's maximum security prison in Oak Park Heights wearing an orange jumpsuit and a face mask <laughs> with his hands cuffed. How do we know it was really him? Uh, Matthew Frank, a Minnesota assistant attorney general, asked 
for a significant amount of bail because of the severity of the charges and the strength of the community's opinion. And because he said Chauvin is likely to flee, the $1 million conditional bail requires Chauvin to appear for all future court appearances, not to work in a security capacity and to have no firearms or firearms permit. It also bars uh, Chauvin from leaving the state and from having any contact with Floyd's family. Chauvin's attorney, Eric Nelson, didn't contest the bail and asked to address bail issues at a later date and yada, 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 the whole deal. Um, so there you go. 1.25 million. Bail. It is. I don't know. If I was Chauvin, I probably wouldn't post bail. I mean, it's more dangerous for him to be out in the world than it, he's probably safest uh, in his. Uh, uh, they had him in. Um, what is in, it called? Solitary, solitary confinement. Confi- and, and yeah, yeah he's probably, probably safer in jail for sure. Place for him. Yeah, I guess. But there you go. Uh, just a quick update on on the situation there. And is this going to be enough for the protesters to stop? I doubt it. No, of course not. Although, and, and I'm not even saying it should be. But uh, an interesting thing that got brought up, I saw floating around, was um, a problem with the increased uh charges brought against him and uh we won't really know until his day in court actually comes which surely you know with how slow the justice system moves could be a year or however long they want to stretch out this whole thing um but the increase of uh the charges which was brought up to i believe just off the top of my head a third degree murder charge and two separate second de- second degree murder charges uh murder and um negligence and manslaughter uh i saw some floating around that it's actually might not be great that those charges were increased because as the charges become more serious the harder it is to convict um, for a lot of those higher murder charges, you need um, a lot more in uh, sort of what is the word I'm looking for? Not just objective evidence, but subjective evidence. Oh, a lot like, of these like ones he did you need it, to prove. You need to that prove he has, that he, he had a racial motivation to do it. And yes. Stuff like you that. need to right, prove right, right. that in his heart, he wanted <laughs> to kill. Um, well, they're just going to jack in the neural lace and read his thoughts and then they'll know yeah, for sure. You, you know, yeah. he, maybe or he's, if, if anybody's going to be the first, him. yeah, the first, uh, publicly, uh, tested brain computer interface guy, maybe he's the guy, you know? Yeah. Which is a big setup. Uh, it, well, it could be a big setup because if during the trial, because of the, the, um, Charges being brought against him are harder to convict. Uh, he may get acquitted or not convicted, which would spark, you know, who knows Another what the timing on outrage. this would be. But, you know, even more intense riots and and uh, rebellion, which in some cases, depending who you ask, might be exactly what they're looking for. Who knows? Yeah. If you were going to talk about the the controlled mechanism of this entire social engineering apparatus then sure it sure would be an, an easy way to up the ante on this whole thing yeah there's some people in the chat and, and i don't know how uh i guess not truthful but there there was somebody talking about the un that they're going to bring this to the un courts and that'll be a whole nother thing that's interesting a, a sort of world court uh, situation yeah. that we mentioned in the last episode for trump they might do this for chauvin and create an example of 
hey, the world is is watching and, and we disapprove now that the protests have broken out all over the world. You know, this yeah. this is very interesting. This is definitely New World Order all over the place. So Yeah, I uh I actually almost threw that article into our notes here. We we I ended up not throwing it in there, I don't believe. Um, but actually George Floyd's lawyer uh sent a letter to the UN. Right, that's right. Yeah, um, I saw to, that. To, get involved because of uh, mainly based on the idea that the minorities in America are being refused their rights. And usually that's the UN's job is to go in and liberate people all over the world. So, you know, uh, which also plays into the storyline of the UN being involved in some sort of martial law uh, in the United States, which, uh, there's been reports of sightings of UN vehicles and stuff for years now. Um, I personally haven't seen them or been able to co- corroborate them past, you know, more uh, random blogs and stuff. But yeah. Yeah, it certainly fits into the storyline. Yep. Well, I got a couple updates from the whole situation here. This one, we, we don't usually play a whole lot of clips, especially news clips. Uh, we do once in a while, but this one I thought was interesting because it's CNN. And I always like it when people go on CNN and they just totally demolish the, the host and mm-hmm. uh, make, make just a, a mockery out of the whole situation. I tried to tell you. And this one is, uh, I, you know, I don't know the name of the, uh, of the officer. I think he's an officer or some kind of uh, Lieutenant person here. Um, it's a couple minutes here, but I just thought it was a good clip to play. Uh, because it was, uh, I don't know. I got a, I got some joy out of it. Basil, is this bad that I'm getting joy out of people on CNN getting humiliated? Probably not. Yeah, it might be. Okay. You're sick, man. I'm a sick, sick, man. I'm a sick, man. <laughs> in the country, what's your message? <laughs> you don't believe that for one minute, do you? That their message is? Yeah. Uh, that's what they said to me. Okay. Yeah, believe them. Of Any protests them over the deaths of these cops today in Baton Rouge? I don't know that. I don't know that. Any riots or protests over the uh, uh, police officers in Dallas, Texas? Sheriff David Clark. What are you asking? It's a pretty simple question. I asked you if what's your message to the people, their message is one of peace. What is your message? My message has been clear from day one two years ago. This anti-cop sentiment from this hateful ideology called Black Lives Matter has fueled this rage against the American police officer. I predicted this two years ago. So what I I want to know, okay, Sharon. Do I want to know? With all due respect, do you know that this was because of that? Yes, I do. As a law enforcement officer? I've been watching this for two years. I predicted this. This anti-police rhetoric sweeping the country has turned out some hateful things inside of people that are now playing themselves out on the American police officer. I want to know, with all of the black-on-black violence in the United States of America, by the way, when the tragedies happened in Louisiana and Minnesota, do you know that 21 black people were murdered across the United States? Well, the, well, there was was black, there any reporting there was on that? a black officer who was killed today. But let, let's, was let's, there any reporting on Sheriff, that? Sheriff, please, let's just, keep, let's just keep the volume down here. So I understand. And I, and listen, I don't I got, dis- I'm I looking don't at three dead cops Whoa. this week. Sheriff, and I'm looking at five last year. You're trying to Some tell me to keep it Some tone policing down? going on. Please, please. We can keep it civil. 
So, because we admit the message to people at home, I'm sure you want is one of civility. I wish, Don. I, I, I wish I you like had that have, message of like civility. To have a conversation toward with this you. hateful ideology. These purveyors you of don't hate. Know what my message is? That's what, what I they want to do. say to you is these we, people. Let me preach. Are you going to get a word in? Virtue. We'll be right back. In the name of hate, and we'll be right back. All I want to do is have a conversation. I can't have a conversation with you if we're both talking at the same time. Yeah, so wow. uh, <laughs> it's a black officer man. for those listening. We're, we need the we need some good old liberals to come in and and stop the tone policing. <laughs> yeah, I don't That's know, but this okay. is yeah, this is this is one of those clips where you know, look, there's there is an issue propagating the idea that a black man can't talk on camera if he uh, is getting angry, trying to silence him. Yeah, not cool. Yeah, and CNN. I think I think both of us, Basil, we agree that there is a police brutality problem in in this country. Um, oh, yeah, 100%. but also uh, it's not always on racial lines. That's really the the hijacking of this whole situation. And you know the the conversation should be about police brutality, not so much like oh the race card is the reason why there's police brutality. And so you know, I'm you know I'm down for either way. Uh, you know, this change is good either way, but you know, this, this cop, this sheriff makes a great point. You know, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't, first of all, uh, there's tone policing across the board, especially with this sheriff here and uh, you know, should be getting called out by the, the good liberal outlet of CNN. But uh, <laughs> yeah, of course, class warfare is a huge part of it. And I, I do see them as separate problems. You know, they don't necessarily need to all be addressed at once. But, uh, you know, maybe, uh, who knows? There you go. I just feel like it was one of those clips that brings a little bit of light to uh, uh, to the whole situation in that yeah. the police themselves are probably, there's a lot of probably uh, black cops that are sick of the whole, you know, BLM movement oh, yeah. in general. There, there's a ton of them coming out, actually. I mean, yeah. there's YouTube videos all over the place. A lot of them being censored as well because they don't follow the official storyline. Right. Um, you know, trying to trying to propagate. And, you know, I think guys like this deserve an answer. You know, that's, yeah. a, that's a big problem. One of the biggest problems with that is they're just getting uh, pushed aside as if what they're saying doesn't make any sense. And the problem is that people know that it makes sense. And uh, some people have been uh, programmed to ignore it and call this black sheriff a racist. Um, but, you know, the, I, I think that if this movement wants to actually continue making you know whatever version of change that they're looking for they can't ignore people like this because when you start ignoring people is when people see it and they say oh well they're ignoring this guy you know if if they're actual free thinking individuals which of course many are not they're just programmed to go along with whatever the authorities say yeah um whatever you know wherever that authority might lie but uh, I think I, this is a great example of that. And I think, you know, every everybody, no matter what side of the aisle they land on, should post this clip. Yeah. And and I think it's really telling. I mean, obviously, I don't know who really watches CNN anymore. I feel like the CNN thing was um, uh, the only reason why anyone's watching him now is because of all of this. Like, they really went off the map and people stopped paying attention to him other than, you know, them being forced to play in airports and stuff. But the tactic that Don Lemonade over here used was pretty, it was pretty disgusting that he was talking over the sheriff 
And, yeah. and then he would say, oh, we can't have this conversation if we're just going to talk over each other. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Oh, that's, I'm, I'm that's trying disgusting, to have a civil man. conversation. Keep your, keep your voice down, black yeah. man. Yeah, that's, that was really pretty disgusting. But anyway, that's uh, just a clip that you guys can share around to show that, yeah, there's, there's a little bit more intricacy and nuance to all of this than, than meets the eye, at least uh, through the news media. That's um, right. I do and have remember, one more thing. Oh, go ahead. Real quick on that note, I'll let you take it after this, but yeah. I just want to remind people when it comes to finding clips like this, when we show a clip on the show, you can uh, head over to canarycrynewstalk.com. Yes. We got all the episodes spanning years uh, that you can listen to there, as well as the show notes, which will have all the links to the clips and videos that we play in the show. I'm sorry, the clips and articles that we address in the show. Yes. And we'll, so we'll, we'll maybe come up with a way better, to find the link. Yeah. Well, I want to come up with a better system, but you know, it'll take some time to figure all that out. Uh, but here's another update that made the media or not the media, the social media rounds. Look it up. This is a, uh, there's no direct story for this because it's not, I don't think there was an article on it. So that's, that's why I'm kind of, I have to kind of throw it all together here. But, mm-hmm. uh, Twitter kind of went crazy, or at least certain parts of the Twitters went kind of nuts over the weekend when uh, there was a some some screenshots and stuff shared around of the Obama Foundation posting uh, something on May seventeenth with the image of George Floyd uh, as part of the post. It was like a painted picture of George Floyd, and mm. of course the the whole sentiment was, "Hey, we caught you, Obama." You know, trying to trying to signal the the death of a man a week before it happened, and mm-hmm. um, it was kind of a big deal. I, I, at first, even I was like, "Whoa, this is wow!" If this is true, like, holy cow! Like, good job, Obama Foundation. You guys totally blew it, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And then you had the Q Anon posts uh, out there. This was uh, June sixth, sixth, twenty twenty, and somebody posted Q. You really need to walk that last one back because what. what what people were discovering is that the reason why the May 17th post had, and, and now they changed it already, so you can't really see it, because this is the actual post I'm showing on the video here, uh, but the reason why they had to, or, or Q had to kind of explain himself is because he actually called out, hey, we caught you, Obama, you know? And so right. that whole thing went kind of viral, and everyone said, oh, shoot, here's Obama Foundation proving that, you know, he knew about the George Floyd death before it happened. Well, as you know, Basil, if you, uh, if, as a tech person, yeah, if, you, yeah. if you change the thumbnail of a website, the all previous versions of the link to that website will also update to the latest thumbnail. Yeah. And so from the appearance of it, yes, it looks like, oh my gosh, Obama totally blew it a week before. But in reality, if you know anything about websites and and you know, WordPress or whatever, whatever yeah. HTML, then you'd know There's that this a, is not a linked image that the image got updated and updated the, the past tweets. Right. So that, that, that is a falsifiable claim. Uh, the, the Obama foundation did not post about the George Floyd thing before uh, it happened. It was an automatically right. generated, updated image uh, that came from the the thumbnail of their website. Yes. It's completely explainable. It happens to us once in a while. Right. And um, you'll find and articles just- like that too. And that's part of the issue. When I did the, the coronavirus website or website, the episode, when I went back and tried to find all the old articles about the coronavirus 
pre 2019, a mm. lot of them were updated with the most recent stuff. So even though it was dated like November 4th, 1997, the first thing that it said was like COVID-19, you know, yeah. taking over the world, whatever it was. And if you're not familiar with how the, the underlying code and all that stuff works, not that I know all the details, I, I just know enough to know that, you know, that kind of stuff takes place. Uh, it might seem like, oh my gosh, they knew about the COVID thing well before it was ever a, a problem. And so, you know, th- somebody posted uh, anonymously, you need to queue, you need to walk this one back. The same yeah. reason the thumbnail of a gray clapboard shows up on a YouTube video when it's been deleted. The thumbnail is current, Obama.org main image, but the content is old. Q, you really need to retract that. And as a response, Q posted this, just some some code, just just some code that takes you <laughs> to some uh, some the validator page of Twitter. And I, I mean, to anyone that's not familiar with code, it might seem like, oh, it's some hidden thing, like you can verify it. And I think uh, X22 report, which I, I like X22. I've listened to them over the years. Um, he came out with an explanation like, oh, the NSA had some kind of pretest of the of the of the thumbnail prior to Twitter or, you know, prior to them posting it or whatever. And so they, yeah. they have the evidence and whatnot. And um, I don't know, guys, I, I'm really sorry for the Q guys out there, but I, I, this, I feel like they really blew it on this one and, yeah, and trying to make it seem like there was something there and there wasn't. And, and I know how it looks and maybe, you know what, maybe Q is right. Maybe they do have some kind of NSA, uh, stuff that they figured out beforehand, but I feel like you don't need that to really, uh, point your finger at the, uh, the Obama uh, crowd, if you will, that you yeah, know, they're part of this whole propaganda that's machine. Truly the case that they knew it was going to happen or not uh, it is a pretty simple fix, which shows either two things. Whoever was controlling that post either doesn't really know very well how the internet works or yeah. <laughs> was being purposefully misleading. Right. Uh, either way, it does not look very good. Not a good look. And doing this. And the following post by Q, not all posts are meant for anons as a way to kind of try to say like, hey, secret code in the code. And okay. I, I don't yeah. know, guys. Yeah, that's, that's to, me, to, to me, this was a, that's a way to, this was a way a big, to get around it. <laughs> this was a big. There you go. We got uh, Flippy Officials in the chat today. The uh, All right. official Twitch account of yeah, tell Flippy, us. our favorite disembodied arm. And he says, uh, any spouses out there? How you doing? <laughs> he's, he's hitting on people's spouses, <laughs> trying to flirt with our spouses, everybody. Yeah, not good. Flippy, what are you doing, buddy? Yeah. Um, glad you're here, Flippy. Stick around. Uh, don't enslave me. Okay. <laughs> so let's see. Where are we on the list here? We're on a couple more down, buddy. We, we're, we're, we're at the oh. bees. Son oh. of a bee. We're at the bees. <laughs> okay. I thought this was pretty funny. Uh, WND.com. What? World Net Daily. Oh, yeah. The article, the article is titled, Man Arrives at Protest with Trailer Full of Bees in Case Riots Break Out. 
I just like this. I wanted to throw it in here and talk about it. The article reads, as the protests uh, that have flared throughout America came to Janesville, Wisconsin this week, so did what one man dubbed his riot control bees. (laughs) On Sunday, over 100 people gathered in Janesville to hold a demonstration protesting the death of George Floyd in Minneapolis, according to the Gazette Extra. The uh, The march came after a Saturday night that saw cities across the nation marred by rioting that began in Minneapolis when protests over Floyd's death morphed into rampages of arson and looting. As the city readied itself for every eventuality, beekeeper Greg Hoft had his own idea about ensuring the safety of the community. Hoft shared his plans in a since-deleted Facebook post. Oh, why do you delete it? Quote, The riot control bees are in their holding yard waiting to clear the streets of Janesville and keep peace in this county. I'm willing to bring them in and kick them over if things get out of control, the Gazette Extra quoted Hoft's post saying. As a result, Hoff joined those ready to support the police with 12 boxes of bees on a trailer (laughs) that he towed into a parking lot just in case they were needed. After police learned that Hoff was ready to unleash bees on protest, I can't say it without cracking up. He was asked to leave and did so. <laughs> Janesville Police Department Sergeant Dean Sukas told the Gazette Extra. While there were also some civilians who came armed and ready to keep the peace if police needed help, Sukas said the department had things under control here. <laughs> the protest did not devolve into violence. Eric Vasquez, a youth advocate at Franklin Middle School, said the protest was not about dividing Janesville. Quote, even though we don't see as many bad things in Janesville, it's important important for us to stand up for other cities, Vasquez told the Gazette Extra. Our city can be an example of what it is to actually be a community helping each other, a community working with police rather than fearing them. The protest was organized by the Rock Valley Fellowship of Reconciliation, which stages weekly peace vigils in Janesville. Hoff's concept drew the attention of Tyler O'Neill, writing on PJ Media, Quote, given the shameful way in which so many police have abandoned their posts in the riots, it seems quite fitting a pseudo-vigilante like Greg Hoft would be prepared with vigilante. his riot control bees. Pseudo-vigilante. I like that. Pseudo-vigilante. <laughs> yeah. We, you know, there's a big movement uh, of the real-life superhero vigilante movement where yeah. people were, you know, trying to actually be superheroes and dress up and do the whole thing. This guy is my favorite vigilante. <laughs> He just rolls around town with a bunch of bees and unleashes them, Uh, which, you know, is this is really funny. It's very dangerous, though, with how many people are actually allergic to bees (laughs) that could have killed more people than maybe he was expecting. Uh, But still very funny. The article ends. Who knows? Perhaps the National Guard could should learn from Hoff's example. Bee stings tend to be far less deadly than bullets for those who aren't allergic. But the pesky little buzzers are truly terrifying. Riot control bees may prove an excellent deterrent to looting and rioting, he wrote. So there you go. I I don't like I think he might be given the uh, the uh, elite power structures some too many ideas idea. too many ideas yeah oh, we already man. know that we have uh, robot bees you know robot bee swarms um and who knows that might become a, a, a tactic used by law enforcement to to keep the people down man son of a bee sting <laughs> nice <laughs> probably the best use of that yeah that i don't clip. think we've ever had any better fitting uh, story for that clip yeah um on another 
sort of lighthearted note here. This is on printly.com. It will kill North North Carolina Speedway holds huge race and calls it a peaceful protest. North Carolina Ace Speedway owner Robert Turner isn't supposed to hold any more rallies due to the governor's current phase two order, but an ingenious Turner decided to hold a ra- hold race protests with thousands of spectators attending the track by calling them protests. He can hold as many races <laughs> as he wants. Way to go, Rob. Getting around the system. Yeah, we get to get to go to the racetrack and protest by walking oh, some cool cars. Oh yeah, you know I've been thinking about that uh, that razzle dazzle clip, man. I I want to bring it back at my intro. I need a I need a hyped up intro. <laughs> well, maybe so. the the hyped up uh, intro music that we'll play at the end of the episode will get you more hyped. The yeah, one that well, we played for I'm, a little while and then we didn't play, and we, we might bring it back. We'll see. We'll bring it back. Well, we'll at the end of show uh, playlist, there we're gonna bring back um, the the uh the intro music that we used for a while but it's just chocked full of too many inside jokes new listeners didn't get it so we're putting it at the end so you can listen to the show uh learn all the inside jokes and then listen to the fun song at the end so stick around a lot of people uh i actually we should say it we i don't think we've said it early in the show like this but uh stick all the way through the show even after we sign off because we've got a playlist of really funny songs um that uh, are created by producers of the show, producers yeah. and listeners. So make sure to stick around for that. Uh, a fun thing on the Twitch, Gons, just yep. so everybody knows, a bunch of people, over half of the Twitch viewers, stick around in the uh, the chat for quite a while after the show um, and just keep chatting. So cool. there you go. That's Another reason awesome. to go to Twitch. They they keep the chat open, um, so it's a f- it's a fun little party after the show. Yeah, we'll do a little Twitch shout out, and uh, we'll check on the rankings of where we're at with the podcast. But I got one more quick story before we get into all of that. It will kill. This is from Yahoo.com, your favorite outlet. Uh, what happened? The page Yahoo. you're looking for isn't here. What happened to the Uh-oh. article? <laughs> This happened a lot recently. Did they take it down? I don't know. Hold on. Let me try to open it again. Uh, let's see. Because it would be... We can, we can play... Oh, no. No, it's there. Okay. Let me try to... I don't know why it disappeared. There it is. Yahoo Life. This $25 gadget repels mosquitoes in minutes. Warm weather is here, which means spending more time outdoors. But before you take a dip in your inflatable pool or work on your garden, get rid of summer's most annoying pest with this portable mosquito repeller available on Amazon for just $25. The Thermosel MR150 portable mosquito repeller keeps mosquitoes away for up to 12 hours. Since it's lightweight and portable, you can uh, also use it beyond your backyard. You can take it with you while you camp fish and hike in the great outdoors where mosquitoes thrive. And it gets into how the device works. But my question is, does it repel the genetically modified mosquitoes? And I say that because a couple years ago, we had this story. This was from Newsweek, June 22nd, 2018. Engineered mosquitoes backed by Bill and Melinda Gates to wipe out malaria. And uh, I mean, the headline says it right there. Bioengineered mosquitoes could be the key to wiping out the malaria virus. Of course, yeah. back then it was the malaria virus. This time it could be the coronas, the ronas. And, uh, you know, of course, uh, yeah, the malaria mosquitoes virus. Mosquitoes are a good, uh, 
a vaccine disbursement device. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you yeah. don't want my I shots. That, uh, I want to know if that mosquito thing repels riot control bees. <laughs> Rioters, they'll have a, you know, a, a baseball bat and a can of wasp spray in the other hand. I want to know what that guy planned as kind of his moment, uh, you know, moment of truth. Like, you know, some people break out and, and fighting or whatever. What was he going to just like kick over the, the boxes and like, like unleash the bees and, you know, <laughs> go my minions <laughs> attack my pretties. They, they probably just attack him, you know, I love that. knowing the whole yeah, situation. He's probably in his little beekeeper. He's got, he's got his suit, you know, he's prepared. He's got his vigilante outfit, his beekeeper suit with like flames on it, you know? Right. Yeah, so uh, this this article, just briefly here, talks about the malaria virus, which kills 830,000 people every year. UK group OxyTech has developed the friendly mosquito, a male insect that will mate with a female. I don't know why they had to say that. A male insect that will mate with a female. Hey, these are (laughs) heteronormative mosquitoes, okay? Only for the resulting offspring to die before they reach adulthood. Only female offsprings will die once... Or since only female mosquitoes bite, the male offspring will survive and continue to spread the self-limiting gene. This will be the second generation of the friendly mosquito. The first was used to limit the spread of dengue, Zika, and other diseases in South America. The process is known as vector control, which is when an animal or insect is eradicated to stop the spread of a disease. And a nice little picture there of Belinda Belinda Gates. But uh, yeah, there you go. I just wanted to throw out there is this is this uh this uh gadget to repel mosquitoes and it and it plays into your theory about yahoo kind of playing the middle maybe they're moving yeah, away man. from the bill bill gates funded operation and they're like hey we got to give the people an option to fight against the the genetically modified bill gates mosquitoes yeah so there you go riding the fence walking the line towing the line yep so there you go guys. let's take a take a quick break here yeah. Come on, take a break, everybody. Just a real quick break. Don't worry, we're going to be getting back to the stories here in a second. Don't go anywhere, but we want to give uh, some quick shout-outs to new Twitch followers. Gons, are you ready, Mr. Dinger? Got my dinger ready. Dinger ding. Here we go. We are starting out with uh, Marita HDZ17. Marita DZ17. Crusader for the little guy following us on Twitch. Yeah, glad to have him on the team. I am cool. Cool, like K-E-W-L. Yes, I think I actually read him out last last episode. That's how I used to spell cool when I was using all did. Using AOL aim. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Like a way back. Uh, let's keep going. The A-A-Ross one. The A-Ross. Okay. We got John John Nada, 8 o'clock a.m. I think I'm repeating some, but that's okay. We're, we'll move fast. Super Duper 007. Okay, I'm definitely repeating some. Otrabon 123. That sounds familiar, oh. too. Yes. Okay, hold on. I got to <laughs> go up a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, let's start right here. Canary Cry versus Flippy. Ooh. Yeah. That would Injured be a good guy, case match. 74. Injured guy. Him too. Oh, no. Uh, this list I have here might not be in order, so I'm just going to keep going. Seven. Heavenbound seven. 
Laren82. That Tommy Laren? Uh-oh. Uh, Lone Yukon. Oh, Aces. Like the band? It must be. Champagne Supernova? Gwendy Kilby. Catastrophe 13. Okay. okay. Cata- oh, Catastrophe. Got it. Yeah, Catastrophe. G. Dustin 87. This one's fun. Big Spacey Abrams. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Spa- Spacey Abrams. Spacey Abrams. on Twitch here. Armed Society, Polite Society. Ooh. A little Second Amendment guy here. Cool. Bay 12, please. Oh, this one's good. Creepy Uncle Joe follows us oh, now. Oh, he's here finally. Oh, Harry Legs finally showed up. got him. All right. Creepy Uncle Joe. Thank you, Harry Legs. Stifled by the algorithm. Sorry. Stifled by algorithms. Okay. Yeah, awesome. I get it. Yep. Yeah, I feel you, buddy. Yeah, for Nectar sure. Lovin- <laughs> this one's good. Nectar loving Nephilim. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my fingers slipped on that one. <laughs> Here's another good one. Uh, the real Putin. Oh, the real Putin. Yeah, yeah he's getting Putin, mad. If we finally got him, the real Putin. Yeah. Uh, D.13. Cool. Solemnis. Solemnis. I like it. O- OG Gamer X. Looks like he's a, a longtime Twitch user, I think. So yeah. uh, thanks for being here. Riot Wolf. Bahozorom X. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Rolsick 59. Kirk up over and out. And one last one here for this break. Basil, not just a herb. <laughs> That's right. Basil, not just a herb. Not so just uh, an thank herb. you very much to our new Twitch followers. And if anybody out there, you want to make the switch during the show here, we will give you a shout out during the show and uh, for to show our appreciation for following us over on Twitch. For those who don't know, we have been uh, increasingly uh, stifled uh, over on YouTube. Susan Wichjiki, uh has lost her patience with us. Uh, so we have lost monetization over on YouTube. Um, so we're here on Twitch, and Twitch has a lot of great tools for us uh, to improve not just the show, uh, but also uh, able to support ourselves a little bit better over here on Twitch. So if you want to support us, support the show, head over to twitch.tv slash canarycryradio. It's really fun. You get to make a new, listen to this, guns. you get to make a new account, and it's not, doesn't need to be connected to your gmail you can make whatever username you want it's super fun reinvent yourself and join the party over at twitch.tv slash canary cry radio we'll be dropping the link in the chats that will go across the internet and follow the link folks and follow us on twitch and the uh, the chat over on twitch is is a real party compared to uh the youtube chat so uh head on over follow us there we'll be uh, eternally grateful for your support over on the Twitch channel. Um, okay. Are we good for that short break, Gons? We're good. Let's move okay. on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this one. Burn it all. Burn it all. This is uh, EgyptIndependent.com. The article's titled British Anti-Racism Protesters Call for Destruction of Giza Pyramids. What? Ah! 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. The the pyramids are racist, man. We got to burn them down. Well, they were built yeah. by slaves. Slaves or aliens or aliens. So we don't depending we don't on know. They could be it could be anti-racist alien protesters. But let's read the article and find out. British anti-racism protesters called for the destruction of Egypt's Giza pyramids on Sunday after tearing down a statue of a slave trader in the city of Bristol and throwing it in the Avon River, CNN reported Monday. British anti-racism protesters, not even Egyptian anti-racism, <laughs> right? They're British anti-racism protesters calling for the destruction of one of the wonders of the world. How is that not racist? I don't know. It's so racist. Like, we're so not racist that we're going to tell you, Egypt, what to do with your <laughs> most what prized is, possession. What is, what is going on over in, I don't know. You know what? You can take uh, you can take the colonialism out of... Wait. You can take Britain out of colonialism, but you can't take the <laughs> colonialism out of Britain. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even from... Even today, they're trying to destroy the culture of, uh, of people all over the world. To I'm end racism. with you. I'm just messing with you British listeners, but seriously, what's going on? The article continues. The pyramids have been among the most frequently discussed topics in the UK over the past several hours, inspired by controversy (laughs) over who built them. Was it the aliens? Protesters tore down the statue of British slave trader Edward Colston on the second day of protests, condemning racism in the UK, part of a response to the killing of George Floyd, an African-American man, by a white policeman in the city of Minneapolis, USA. Colston was responsible for the enslavement and transfer of over... Oh my gosh, of more than 80,000 people from Africa to the New World in the 17th century. Dude must have been loaded. That's... Whoa. Uh, what a what a burden to carry enslaving 80,000 people for your own personal gain uh, while working with the Royal African Company, according to CNN. Some then called for the destruction of the Egyptian pyramids in Giza, claiming that they were also built by slaves. The controversy surrounding the pyramids prompted Twitter users to begin sharing a news article published in the UK media 10 years ago. The article features an announcement by the Egyptian government on January 11th, 2010, of the discovery of the tombs of laborers who constructed the pyramids more than 4,000 years ago. At the time of the announcement, archaeologists said that the discovery supported evidence that the people who built the pyramids were not slaves, but rather were paid laborers. The laborers' tombs, which were built of mud during the fourth pharaonic dynasty, contained jars of beer and bread for the next life. At the time, head of the excavating team, Zahi Hawass, said oh, the Zahi. discovery show What? Uh, Zahi, he's known to be very shilly about the whole pyramid situation. It, is he? Yeah, yeah. He's I've never well heard known. of this guy before. Yeah, was, I think he was like the lead archaeologist or something for Egypt. And yeah, anytime he discovered something, he wouldn't share it with the public. And uh, there was a whole thing. Anyway, go on. Ah, interesting. At the time, head of the excavating team, Zahi Hawass, said the discovery showed that the pyramid builders were paid workers, not slaves. Hawass added, uh, quote, these tombs were built next to the Pyramid of the King, which indicates these people were not slaves in any way. As the debate in Britain over the demolition of the pyramids raged, foreign <laughs> archaeologists published a slide depicting records written by the pyramids' builders, which confirmed that the pyramids were not built by slaves. UK home 
Home Secretary Preeti Patel told Sky News that toppling the statue of Colston in Britain was quote, utterly disgraceful and a distraction from the cause in which people are protesting about. Meanwhile, early on, earlier on Sunday, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson said that the anti-racism protests in his country were, quote, subverted by thuggery. That, wow, what a British term. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most British thing I've read in a while. Subverted by thuggery. Yeah. Uh, so, gosh, this is just, there's almost nothing to say about this. It's just uh, the maximum ridiculousness. I'm waiting for Tsukalos to be like, Tsukalos being the hair guy from Ancient Aliens, you know, uh-huh. being like, yeah. yeah, down with the, down with the pyramids. And then, he, you know, gleeing about, you know, finding out what's under him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that is an interesting concept. Yeah. If you tore down the pyramids, which is just complete insanity, (laughs) but you would get a good look at whatever's inside there. How would you even, you just have to blow them up. You couldn't dismantle them. Yeah. What was that movie where they blew up the pyramids and there was a, I think it was Transformers. I always remember that uh, scene for yeah, some reason. Yeah, there was a whole battle on the pyramids there. There was also, uh, they made an appearance in the new Sonic movie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Obscure. Yeah, did, did, is that the redo? Illuminati programming that was in the Sonic movie. Was it the redo after the people didn't like the way Sonic looked? Yes, yes. I okay. gave a whole breakdown of the Sonic movie on an episode. Oh, I don't know. Whenever it came out, six months ago or so. No, gosh, way more than six months now. Oh my gosh, 2020 is flying by. It's making me very uncomfortable. Yes, it goes by yeah. quicker. Time yeah. time speeds up as you get older. I know. It's yep. Not what do you got? What's next? Well, isn't that special? <laughs> so we have uh, a story from USA Today. George Floyd Live updates. Minneapolis City Council pledges to defund police. Edit- editors at major papers step down. New York City lifts curfew. This was published on June 7th. And um, I think there's a few updates here. I think you got another article in there that's that might be a little more up to date. But I'll read a part of this because uh, this made, made the rounds over the weekend. The Minneapolis City Council took a major step Sunday towards making radical changes in the city's beleaguered police department. As a supermajority publicity, uh, as a supermajority publicly expressed support for disbanding the force. Earlier Sunday, Mayor Bill de Blasio canceled New York's curfew following a day when cities across the nation saw massive peaceful demonstrations against racism and police brutality. Uh, okay, so blah, 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 the whole thing. Uh, you know, this, this article is not very good. I'm going to go to the, the one that you posted in there. I think there was one about the Blue Lives Matter. Is that the one that had to do with the Minneapolis Police Department? Um, yeah, I thought the Blue Lives Matter article was an interesting uh, take on it. Okay, so this is Blue Lives Matter. Uh, well, okay, this is defensemaven.io. Minneapolis Council says they will disband PD, replace with community solutions. And actually, there's a correction at the top of this article. Forbes reported that Minneapolis City Council officially voted to disband the police. However, it appears that they did not formally vote yet. They only announced that they had enough votes to disband the police department and be veto-proof. Yeah. And so... It says here, members of the Minneapolis City Council announced Sunday that they had enough votes to disband Minneapolis Police Department and replace police with, quote, community-based solutions to public safety. 
The city council announced that they had a supermajority, which could not be vetoed by Mayor Jacob Frey. Was he the one that was in the TikTok video dancing around too? With a yeah, short, I believe with that's a, the young millennial guy who just makes a fool of himself. Yeah, okay, so he's the TikTok dancer. Quote, it's clear that our system of policing is not keeping our community safe, City Council President Lisa Bender said. Our efforts at incremen- uh, incremental reform have failed, period. Our commitment, to, uh, our commitment is to end our city's toxic relationship with the Minneapolis Police Department, to end policing as we know it, and to recreate systems of public safety that actually keep us safe, Bender added. The city plans to replace police with community-based solutions. They don't currently have a plan for what these community-based solutions actually entail. Mm, no kidding. But Bender said that they would talk to the community to figure that out later. And usually you disband something when you have a plan to replace it, but not this time. Bender said that dissolving the police department would happen in intermediate steps over the coming months. It's not clear if any police officers will stay around long enough for that to happen. Minneapolis City Ward 3 Councilor Steve Fletcher made the initial announcement of the plan to disband the police department in a series of tweets on Tuesday. Fletcher alleged that the actions of the Minneapolis police have become increasingly dangerous since the May 25th in-custody death of 46-year-old Floyd blah blah blah. Uh, He noted that the entire city council has been pushing for criminal justice reform in various ways, but boasted that he has, quote, pretty consistently been on the front edge of the fight to give MPD less money and more accountability even before Floyd's death. Uh, In the wake of Floyd's death, the people in the streets of Minneapolis got four officers immediately fired, Fletcher wrote. People in the streets got Derek Chauvin charged and his prosecution transferred, da-da-da. It's just kind of the basics of the the situation there. Um, But yeah, the the main point being that they're moving forward with the the disbanding of the Minneapolis police. um, Which is uh, very interesting. Interesting. I mean, this is what uh, is being called for across the country. And of course, uh, Minneapolis would be the first place to try it out, being sort of the hotbed of the whole situation. I've also seen a bunch of articles come out about, uh, you know, armed, uh, I wouldn't call them vigilantes, but sort of armed uh, groups. uh, In. Uh, what is the word? Interracial, biracial, you know, white guys and black guys carrying guns around (laughs) Minneapolis, uh, sort of patrolling the streets on their own, uh, together as in unity to, uh, take the place of, um, the police force, which is, I mean, sounds like a libertarian dream to me, but I, I, I don't know if I'm prepared to fully back it as an official strategy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a there was a Washington Post. Uh, I think it was Washington Post. Maybe not. Yeah, Washington Post story that you put in here that I can't access because it's behind a paywall. I know. I got locked out of Washington Post too. They let okay. you. Uh, the mistake happens when you open up the Washington Post article and then you close it because they'll let you. They'll let you read one article a day or something for free, and then after that, you got to pay for it. And I just can't bring myself yeah. to do that quite yet. Well, a lot of people were mentioning how this reminds them of uh, Camden, New Jersey, which actually mm-hmm. did do uh, some police reform type stuff in the past. Uh, there's a Bloomberg.com article that was published on June 4th of this year. The city that remade its police department uh, as kind of a, a, 
you know, an outline of what they can do, even though it's kind of funny if you read through the article here, which I will in a moment, you'll see that mm-hmm. it's, not as, uh, it's not as great as they're trying to make it sound. Across the U.S., protesters have taken to the streets to express rage of the killing of the Floyd guy by a Minneapolis police officer, the Chauvin George guy. George Floyd, say his name, Gons. Oh, gosh. There you go. Banned. <laughs> I'm going to be, YouTube's going to shut us down. Get banned. The Get demonstrations themselves have led to more police shows of force. In Brooklyn, two cops rammed their New York City Police Department SUVs into a crowd of protesters. In Philadelphia, officers sprayed tear gas at demonstrators who were penned uh, in between a highway and a fence. But across the Delaware River from Philadelphia in Camden, New Jersey, population 74,000, officers left the riot gear at home and brought an ice cream truck to uh, to a march on May 30th. The police department's chief, Joseph Wisaki, who is white, they always have to label the race now it's like a it's 2020 you gotta know yeah it's you ridiculous now it's context brandished a quote standing in solidarity poster alongside residents holding black lives matter signs and there's a picture of him holding up a peace sign it's kind mm-hmm. of a sideways peace sign i don't know if i trust that <laughs> the camden uh oh that camden was able to demonstrate peacefully without escalation looked like a sign of progress in a city that's one of the country's poorest and was once considered its most dangerous. Quote, What we're experiencing today in Camden is the result of many years of deposits in the relationship bank account, says Scott Thompson, Camden's chief of police until 2019. He led the city's high-profile pivot to community policing from 2013 until last year and oversaw what turned out to be a steep decline in crime. Homicides in Camden reached 67 in 2012. A figure for 2019 was 25. Over the past seven years, the, de- the department has undertaken some of the most far-reaching police reforms in the country, and its approach has been praised by former President Barack Obama. The transformation began after the 2012 homicide spike. The department wanted to put more officers on patrol but couldn't afford to hire more, partly because of generous union contracts. So in 2013, the mayor and uh, city council dissolved the local PD and signed an agreement for the counties uh, for the county to provide shared services. The new county force is double the size of the old one and officers almost exclusively patrol the city. They were initially non-union, but have since unionized. Increasing the headcount was a trust building tactic, says Thompson, who served as chief throughout the transition. Daily non-crisis interactions between residents and cops went up. Police also got de-escalation training and body cameras, and more cameras and devices to detect gunfire were installed around the city. So they upped the surveillance apparatus, conveniently. While many departments defined reasonable force in the line of duty vaguely, Camden's definition is much clearer. The department adopted an 18-page use-of-force policy in 2019 developed with New York University's policing project. The rules emphasize that de-escalation has to come first. Deadly force, such as a chokehold or firing a gun, can only be used in certain situations, once every other tactic has been exhausted. Quote, It requires that force is not only reasonable and necessary, but that it's proportionate, says Farhang Hayardari, executive director of the policing project. Most important, quote, these requirements, uh, they're requirements, they're not suggestions. An officer who sees a colleague violating the edict must intervene. The department can fire any officer it finds acted out of line. 
by the department's account, reports of excessive force complaints in Camden have dropped 95% since 2014. Like most matters of policing, however, Camden's success story isn't that simple. Members of the police force are now more likely to live in suburbs than in the city of Camden, according to the local NAACP chapter. Quote, 90% of Camden's population is minority. We have a lot of young individuals who don't look like us that are getting these jobs, says Kevin Barfield, the chapter president. The higher number of officers on the streets was uncomfortable at first, says Naima Watson, Rutgers University at Camden's associate chancellor for civic engagement, who helped connect the new department to local youth in its early days. Quote, you felt that this eye was on you. It took me some time to adjust to having police cars stationed on major... uh, what is it? Th- uh, throw fairs. She says uh, that still raises the hair on my neck sometimes, but I know their approach is an attempt to say we're here. We're visible. In a 2015 report, the American Civil Liberties Union praised Camden for its reform, but not uh, but noted a significant increase in low level arrests and summon uh, summonses. The department says it's mindful of over-pursuing petty offenses. Quote, we know when we police a city that has 30% of the residents under the poverty line, a $400 speeding ticket or ticket in general will be absolutely, absolutely devastating financially, says Dan Keeshan, a spokesperson for the Camden County Police Department. Community organizer Ayand uh, Merrill and other activists are pushing for uh, pushing to create a civilian review board for cases in which force is used. Merrill says the May 30th March felt co-opted by police and city leaders. Quote, we didn't feel as though the police were truly standing with us. If you're truly standing with us, come in March with us in plain clothes. Never good enough. Uh, as some activists call for cities to defund the police, Camden's reforms are more incremental in nature. Quote, I think the challenge is that you have 18,000 police departments in the U.S., says Thompson. It's an industry that generally is adverse to any type of change. The only, uh, the only time change comes is when it's compelled. And so there you go. Uh, this is a city that's you know, kind of done the thing that I guess they're trying to push out in, sure. in Minneapolis. And um, some recent numbers here. 2020, just to, just to compare the crime rates. Camden, New Jersey, violent crime, 95.5, 100 being high crime, one being low. And compare mm-hmm. that to Chicago, which is you know notoriously one of the high crime areas. Uh, Chicago, Illinois, 49.9. And property crime, Camden, New Jersey, 74.8, whereas Chicago, Illinois, 46.3. Still one of the very high crime rated areas with Camden. So... I don't know. I, I guess it's good that they tried to make some change. I guess it serves as somewhat of a, a case study. Although mm-hmm. Minneapolis is, I think, like three or four times bigger than Camden and, you know, different population base. There's a whole lot of variables that I don't think are considered when you just throw out this disbandment of the police and, and we're going to do things different, even though, you know, the leaders of Minneapolis have no idea what they're going to do. And I expect well, I to see this. this. Uh... Yeah, go ahead. I got this WAPO article to go for me. Okay, go for um, it. And I think it, it's got uh, an interesting angle on the whole conversation. Okay, right. here we go on Washington Post. Good old WAPO, WAPO, WAPO. Uh, article titled, Citizen Patrols Organize Across Minneapolis as Confidence in the Police Plummets. It's approaching 2 a.m. Oh, hold on. 
It's approaching 2 a.m., and city council member Jeremiah Ellison is patrolling his neighborhood in a black sedan when he smells the smoke. Wait, when the smell of smoke wafts through the open driver's side window. So this is Jeremiah Ellison. He's a city council member of Minneapolis, so certainly one of those who uh, I'm sure has his vote in the disbanding of the police uh, camp there. Several black-owned businesses had been destroyed in this area, considered the heart of the city's black community. In recent fires that investigators have deemed suspicious, neighbors suspect right-wing militias, and social media has been abuzz with purported but unverified sightings of masked white men and pickup trucks holding semi-automatic assault rifles. The rumors have only fueled the unease that has spread through his community since the death of George Floyd, who lost consciousness. Now, just keep in mind, this is Washington Post, so, you know, the right-wing militia talk, you know, although they do say unverified is, you know, the storytelling of this story is that, you know, there's a bunch of KKK members rolling around Minneapolis. Um, but continuing on, the rumors have only fueled the unease that has spread through this community since the death of George Floyd, who lost consciousness under the knee of a police officer on Memorial Day. A video of Floyd's gasps for air triggered massive protests and violent riots that started in this Midwestern city before spreading throughout the country. Now, Ellison, the son of former congressman Keith Ellison is on patrol hoping to catch the next fire before it destroys another business owner's livelihood. He's also ready to contend with danger of the more human sort if needed. As the car fills with the acrid scent of burning chemicals, Ellison tells his friend in the driver's seat to pull over before they come to the stop. Uh, Ellison, who's 30, flings open the door and jumps out with a pistol in one hand and a small fire extinguisher in the other. He walks briskly down the street, scanning the block for the origin of the flames. Quote, I was excited to fight over the budget. I don't think anybody could have pictured this, Ellison later said, noting that even as a city official, he can't control how the police respond to the fires and other threats. Quote, this is something I could do. Across Minneapolis, community organized citizen patrols have sprung up in in recent weeks as confidence in the Minneapolis Police Department has plummeted. Distrust in the agency has uh, had been building for years, and now with emergency responders focused on riots and looting in the hardest-hit part of the city, and with the police department's own third precinct set ablaze, some residents worry that their neighborhoods have been left vulnerable. Okay, remember, this is the city who is saying they have the votes to disband the police department, uh, but the, the neighbors are uh, they're worried about the vulnerability. Right. Even as riots and violence in the city have subsided, the string of high-profile killings at the hands of Minneapolis police in recent years has prompted calls to de- defund or disband the department. A majority of the Minneapolis City Council now supports the idea of replacing it with a new model for public safety. But in the meantime, residents have taken it upon themselves to create alternatives, including forming armed defense forces. Ellison, whose father is prosecuting the four fired police off, uh, four fired officers connected to Floyd's death as Minnesota's attorney general. Interesting. So his dad is the attorney general who's actually prosecuting the cops. And uh, now he's uh, patrolling the streets uh, as a, well, they're calling it uh, community 
armed defense forces uh, in other places, being called vigilantes. Uh, Ellison, whose father is prosecuting the four fired officers connected to Floyd's death as Minnesota's attorney general, has been a constant presence on the streets and at protests. He started a community patrol the Friday after the incident. While on patrol, he joined a last-ditch and ultimately unsuccessful effort to squelch a fire at the Fade Factory barbershop, carrying buckets of water to douse the flames before firefighters arrived. The, the owner, Trevin Ellis, uh, or Trayvon, Trayvon Ellis, gave an emotional interview on live TV as his shop burned, explaining that the fire department, overwhelmed by calls throughout the city, had put him on a waiting list and took two hours to arrive. Quote, I think that we have got to dramatically reimagine how we keep people safe in cities. I think that's been true, Ellison said as he stood on his porch taking a break from a recent patrol. But I think that we have underestimated just how urgent that work is the police forces in the way that they've existed i think need to not exist in ellison's neighborhood of north minneapolis the local chapter of the ncaa gosh NAACP has begun to try to do just that, create a community alternative to police with armed citizen patrols. They call their group the Minnesota Freedom Riders, a reference to the civil rights activists who rode buses through the segregated South in 1961. On Tuesday, dozens of volunteers, mostly African-American, filtered into Sammy's Avenue Eatery, a sandwich and coffee cafe. They checked in with a woman holding a clipboard who gathered their contact information asked how many were in their parties and noted whether they were armed almost all of them said they were then each volunteer took a seat as or orientation began led by minneapolis naacp president leslie redman quote too often when black people are trying to do the right thing and fight we are left defenseless and America has shown us time and time again that they're not coming to our protection, she told the group, quote, so we've got to protect ourselves. The project began the previous weekend just days after Floyd's death and has grown to 50 volunteers. They divide into groups of three that keep watch at key intersections while others go on patrol. Redmond said she spoke to Minneapolis Police Chief Madaria Ar. Aradondo about the project and also informed the National Guard. She wasn't asking them for permission, she insists. She just wanted to let them know, quote, we are activating our community. Uh, quote continues, we are out here simply to defend and protect, she told the group of volunteers. We are not chasing anybody. We are not here to shoot anybody. We are literally here to protect black businesses and our black community. The Minneapolis Police Department did not respond to a request for comment. The Minnesota National Guard said it did not have an official statement concerning the community patrols, but spokesman Scott Hawks said, quote, our interactions have been uneventful and cordial with the groups that we have encountered. On the streets, there was evidence of support. One evening, a Minneapolis police officer rolled down his window to chat with the volunteers, and someone in National Guard truck made a heart sign with his hands as his convoy passed one group. Volunteer Nate Pence, 36, said the fire at the Fade Factory and Ellis's story about a two-hour wait for a fire crew spurred him to join the patrol. Quote, if it weren't for our community standing watch, nothing else is going to prevent these 
arsonists from burning it down, he said. MPD, that's Minnesota, uh, sorry, Minneapolis Police Department, and the National Guard weren't going to keep us safe. We had to do it. The Freedom Riders do face challenges. Some volunteers worry that it will be hard to sustain turnout through the summer. Um, let me just scan real quick. They're worried about uh, keeping their numbers up. Minnesota law allows people with permits to openly carry guns, though volunteers displayed various levels of comfort with their firearms. Yikes. At one checkpoint, a young man nervously looked down the street as a car approached, his finger on the trigger of a semi-automatic rifle half raised in front of him. Later, another volunteer in his 30s walked past while gripping a shotgun with one hand. Ooh, little on edge, guys. Others were more relaxed and less quick on the draw. Tyrone Hartwell, 35, originally from Mississippi and a Marine Corps veteran, carried an AK-47 as he helped direct other volunteers. He compared the efforts to uh, the effort to his time in the military, and when asked who the enemy is in this case, he alluded to the widespread rumors of armed white supremacists arriving in Minneapolis. Quote, we have to be armed to be able to protect them, he said of community members, noting that he has two young children quote that's the one reason we are armed we are a peaceful group a loving group we are brothers that banded together to protect our neighborhood hartwell a music producer who works under the name sipizone said he didn't think the national news media had grasped the level of fear gripping minneapolis and its black neighborhoods quote they don't understand how serious it is right now he said there are a lot of people who are sitting in their homes right now sleeping. They all understand how terrified our kids are. While the mood on the streets is tense, some see the neighborhood patrols as seeds that may produce long-lasting change. City Council Member Philippe Cunningham's ward covers part of the neighborhood, and recently he stood with one of the night watch groups outside Firebox Deli, which served brisket and ribs to passing volunteers. Quote, What this looks like moving forward is for us to act Actually, really begin the process of building public safety strategies and systems outside of policing, he said. And, and so now we are starting to begin the process of showing that it works here with everyday folks and that we can build it from there. There you go, Gons. Full on. I, I actually liked that story. I'm, I'm glad I was able to pull it up from Washington Post here. Uh, but straight up, full on community uh, uh, staffed protection squads roaming the streets i uh i gotta say give me your thoughts before i go off on it i don't know i don't it, it might be okay <laughs> right now like i honestly don't think this is a sustainable thing it mm -hmm. i mean sure people are really up to do whatever right now but i i just don't see uh, especially with most citizens being conditioned to call the police if anything bad happens I just, mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't know if it's a good thing. And I actually found, yeah. I'll let you make your point, but real quick, I did find an article that was, uh, this is an old story, a hundred year old story from 1919. Mm -hmm. And um, this is Boston. Uh, policemen seeking better wages and working conditions voted to form a union. And basically when they weren't allowed to do it, they uh, they walked out and it's it's a little different because you know the police walked out in this situation. It wasn't that they were being disbanded for the whole situation, but mm -hmm. what took place in Boston a hundred years ago. The next day, yeah. this is after the whole. You know, they tried to get the the you know the the, the police force to unionize and they were uh, denied. 
It says here the next day, 1,117 policemen walked off the job while disorder was almost instantaneous. At first, it was relatively harmless. Gamblers played illegal games of craps on the street corners uh, and the common. Unruly young men crushed the hats of passerby and pelted police stations with fruits and eggs stolen from pushcart vendors. The -hmm. city rang with the sound of uh, false fire alarms. Then groups of teenagers began robbing pedestrians at will. By 8 p.m., a crowd estimated at 10,000 had gathered in Scully Square. The mood had shifted from mischievous to menacing when someone threw a brick, a brick, uh, that broke a cigar store window. Chaos erupted. The mob smashed shop windows and looted stores, fought okay, over their booty, okay. commandeered the streetcars, beat and robbed people who found themselves in the wrong place, and even raped women on street corners. Chaos, Basil. Yeah, chaos okay, ensued. Okay, I don't. I'm not gonna. I don't know if I can allow a. a a connection between these two stories gonzo i'm just saying i'm just saying when there's when you disband the police if you don't have a backup plan if you don't even if it's community driven well, that's what these guys are doing this I is know. the backup plan okay now let me do this because okay. there's there's a few levels to this thing that need to be sorted through without your nonsense hundred year old <laughs> news stories gone hey, people don't change a whole lot they just got cameras everywhere now okay <laughs> I, can't, I can't argue with you there so Number one, as someone who leans as a a, a, sort of the towards the purity of libertarianism, this is the libertarian paradise. (laughs) I mean, you you leave uh, the uh, the safety up to the citizens who are practicing their Second Amendment rights to protect their neighbors. That's cool. I'm I think that's cool. Whether or not it's a long-term solution, I have no idea. I'm not a professional in that sense, but uh, you know, I like the idea of citizens protecting themselves and their neighbors exercising their Second Amendment rights. Uh, that's uh, not the reason, but a, a, an added benefit of the Second Amendment. And uh, so there you go. You got people protecting their their own neighborhoods, practicing their their rights as an American. That's cool. Totally down. I'm and look. I'm not saying that disbanding the police is a good idea. Let me be frank. I I'm very skeptical of that idea. But I like the idea of people in the absence of an effective police force and other emergency services, which is the situation that these people are in right now. Now, keep in mind at these riots and these protests and stuff, a lot of these kids are LARPing. They're live action role playing. There's not a whole, you know, they, they perceive it as not having a whole ton of consequences and they can get away with it. These are law abiding citizens legally carrying arms down the streets, sending a message to those who would, uh, you know, seek to do their neighbors harm. And now again, I don't know. uh, There's an unsubstantiated claims and rumors of uh, white supremacists and stuff coming into the neighborhoods, but also to just regular criminals, you know, regular everyday criminals. It's one thing. And that's part of the, the, the problem that people have with the police and especially second amendment folks. You got you, if you talk to any Second Amendment person who really, you know, knows what they're talking about, you don't the, the police don't help when you're actively getting robbed for the most part. Not to say that it's never happened, but, you know, a guy comes into your house with a gun or a bat or a knife or something. Uh, what are you going to do? You call the police? Well, they'll show up maybe in 
10 minutes, right, five right. minutes. By then, <clears throat> the guy who broke in has already done what he's going to do. Now, you know, when you have troops of armed uh, civilians walking down the streets, it's a lot harder for an average criminal to get away with uh, what they want to get away with. Now, so there you go. Uh, yeah. On one side of this, sure. I got several sides here. Okay. So one side of it is libertarian, <laughs> libertarian to the paradise. max. Yeah, cool. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm not saying necessarily I would want to live there right now. I want, I would like to see how this turns out. But in the concept, um, you know, these are American citizens exercising their rights and that's cool now what i don't like about this article is they almost shoot i should have highlighted it because it was very specific how it was put let me scan while i kind of talk about it here but they put it very much in a dangerous uh paradigm a racial paradigm which is not surprising for uh, an outlet like wapo Um, But they put it in a very dangerous racial paradigm um, where, you know, it's a bunch of armed black people, men mostly, against, you know, white supremacists and against white police and against, you know, the, the, the rest of the community that isn't the black community. That's dangerous. I don't like that kind of talk. Um, but for the most part, with the evidence that I'm holding right now, that's mostly coming from the, the author of this article, which is not right. very cool. Um, so <laughs> that's another aspect of yeah. it now. And here's mm. something I don't, you, uh, now okay i'm gonna go off the top of my head for something so if i get something wrong and somebody knows more about this than i do uh bring it up in the chat but one thing that isn't very widely known about the gun control argument is that the gun gun control in general did not really exist in america uh, for a while until the mid 20th century when it was actually used against uh, black people in, in particular. I mean, gun control uh, from, from the reports that I've seen and the, and the stories that I've heard is actually kind of racist because, you know, some, some racists down there in the South didn't like the fact that uh, black men could arm themselves and walk down the street. Now, of course, some people are going to be, you know, obviously concerned with the idea of anybody walking down the street with a gun. But it was in this same sort of militia type setup where black people had to defend their own communities um, from actual KKK members coming into their neighborhoods. And so they armed themselves and did these patrols and things um, that there's a very, uh, there's much more specific story. And I apologize for those who know what I'm talking about and are upset with me, not, not doing it correctly, but go research this on your own, uh, you know, Google yeah, I, race, heard about- racist origins yeah, of gun yeah. control. Um, so, so, so that's something to consider. And, you know, we're all faced with the very complicated aspect of this whole thing. Because I know for a fact a lot of our listeners are uh, are you know are big Second Amendment people, and that's that's cool. I mean that's that's America, baby. Um, but if you're uncomfortable with you know militias protecting their own community, but are you know super pro Second Amendment, you know there's there's a little bit of subtlety that one has to navigate there. So I'm I'm definitely want to 
stress more than anything the subtlety and complexity of this situation um however you know this is the type of uh this is the type of stuff that you want to keep in mind when of uh, when you're dealing with this stuff you know when you look at your own ideology again i'm specifically referring to second amendment stuff i mean these responsible law abiding uh, citizens, whether they be black or white, in this case, they're black, patrolling their own neighborhood, protecting their neighbors, using uh, uh, the legal uses, the, the, the legality of the Second Amendment. I think this is really cool. Now, like I said, it's subtle. It's complex. There could be problems. I don't like the, the racial separation in this story, but there you go. There's where I stand. I think it's... Um, I like seeing this at least as an experiment and only time will tell. And I'm making no, uh, you know, no predictions on how this will happen or how this will turn out, but, uh, time will tell. And if it works out well, this would, I would be interested to see this deployed. I would feel fine if this was responsibly, uh, being handled in my neighborhood. I don't know if I, I I mean, I, I would, I like to think that I would participate in, you know, a a responsible legal patrolling of my own neighborhood. Now, you know, if I got to do a show that night or something, somebody will have to fill my spot, but you know, (laughs) this is the most American thing that I have, uh, that I have heard in a long time. Well, I, I, okay. So I, I, I agree with most of what you're saying there. I just think that if there's going to be a culture of, educating each other to defend ourselves more so than I'm just defending my neighbor, because I think that can be, that can sort of be easily lots of room for mistakes, not just mistakes, but you, you get people that are wealthy that can kind of round up all the protection for themselves. And and there's all kinds of problems economically, if there's any kind of disparity. (laughs) Yeah. So a lot of, I would, I won't even say there's more or less of a chance of, uh, of uh corruption in this type of situation i would say maybe less actually probably less less institutionalized corruption but yeah if neighbors are keeping an eye on each other and you can but there is definitely you know when it's not official and set up in an official way it does leave uh some room for some bad actors and that's what i'm worried about more than anything is bad bad actors. actors plus you can have like crazy mess genocidal events take place where a group comes in and tries to wipe out a town and now everyone's got to defend themselves. There's no, uh, there's no militia that is, you know, state operated in a sense that that's their job. Their job is to like bring in the heavy weapons or whatever. And, and that's the other part of this is that there's, at what level do you arm the citizens? Like, yeah, we got guns. Cool. I don't think you arm the citizens. I think the citizens arm themselves. I get that. But uh, to what degree do you do that? I mean, uh, we have guns. Sure. But there's more crazy weapons than guns these days. <laughs> they got like, you got directed energy weapons. You got like, you got all kinds of crazy stuff. How much do you give to the people? And you don't and, give any of it to the people. <laughs> Well, what are you I get, talking about? You talking about the government giving citizens direct energy weapons? <laughs> what? Where are you going with this? Well, because if if we're just talking about citizens defending each other, if and another group comes in, because here, here's here's how I see it, okay? And I and I did this. I wrote a whole thing on this, and and this is you know well known in history how Japan and the whole shogunate was taken over. The West came in. They basically equipped the the young 
a rebellious uh, crowd with guns, whereas all the samurai were running around with swords. Mm-hmm. And so it was very easy to t- take over the the emperor at the time, right? There was no, it was more, uh, it was a more libertarian concept in those days with with samurai. It was more like I'm going to defend my neighbor, I'm going to defend my 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 region or whatever it was. And but it was very easy for an infiltrator to come in and be like, hey, take these weapons, take over, you know, yeah. take over for us. And so that that's what I'm saying. Where yeah, in it's, this world it's where, not good for the centralization of a nation. You know, the time period you're talking about is the the feudalistic time of Japan, yeah. which I, I reckon if there's history buffs out there uh, comparing European feudalism <laughs> to the, the Japanese model is flawed, but it's the closest thing we have in our language. Um, but yes, you know, this does, of course, lead to the potential that this sort of uh, uh, distributed uh, personal accountability for you know protections and arms and and things like that does make way for a little bit of a more distributed non-centralized uh united states or even neighborhood i would say some people have been saying that that would be a better thing right Uh, i i'm not gonna land (laughs) necessarily on one side or the other it's never going to be clear what's going to work. That's why we have 50 states and not one giant United States of America. That's all I'm going to say about it. Okay. But well, I, I, yeah. I agree with you. I'm not saying that this is a good long-term solution. I just like watching it happen right now. I, I understand. Yeah, I, I get the now sort of, you know, getting the people out there and, and they feel they feel like they need to do something. I, I just don't think it's going to last, really. Yeah, I, even we'll even in the context of the libertarian utopia that you're talking about, I don't think mm-hmm. it's going to last for too long. And the fact that we, with the technology we have today, not just weapons, what I'm saying, the whole surveillance apparatus, it's harder to get, it's hard to get away with anything anyway. And, and we're creating the one thing that's troublesome about that whole libertarian utop- utopia is it does create a sort of, uh, a panopticon type of situation where we're all kind of looking at each other like, Hey, you know, who's going to be the ones to screw up, you know, and, and we're all yeah. going to come down on and you it's type of deal. certainly allows what it does is it gives a centralized government a reason to come in and take absolute control and shut everything down. And especially to take away the second amendment. Yeah. That's the real dangerous part about sure. this is yeah. the Hegelian dialectic part of it, which is, yeah, let the people band together in militias for a little bit. Right. And then of course, there will be problems. And then, of course, that will give us, the federal government, to come in with a nationalized police force and take over and take away the Second Amendment because we can't have any pesky militias. Look how many people so, have killed each other for the, for the, for the right to, to defend themselves and the right to yeah. bear arms. Yeah, so there so there you go. I mean, look, I, it's, I'm, <laughs> there's, I, I love splitting the chat. I love watching the, the chat <laughs> split back and forth about this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And yeah, so don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this is the utopia and it's going to last. In, in fact, more than anything, I like I just said, I think it gives a reason for a centralized authority to come in and take away rights. Yeah. When I, I inevitably mistakes happen. Uh, and I, and I, I, uh, I do think some smarty pants chatter <laughs> who apparently just logged in and haven't been hasn't been listening to the whole show is uh, making a, a point that. Oh, Basil likes to just watch the the disasters happen. What a sicko. No, no, no. Stop it. Listen to the show. 
Uh, I just totally forgot my point here that I was going to yeah, make. Yeah, see, that's how I get you, man. I think it had something to do with... Uh, uh, oh, yeah. So, okay. So, I, you know what? I, in a sense, the, the good thing about a centralized sort of police force is that you do have something to blame. And if there's a reform type of situation, I, I think that's a better conversation to have. A reform mm. or some kind of accountability. And we talked about this in previous shows. To give the police more or to provide some kind of transparency, to provide some kind of reform, to make sure that they're, they, they don't get away with, with murder, basically, if, if, because they're police officers, that kind of thing, if they do act out of line. Um, yeah. That kind of thing, sure, I'm down for that. But Because police, as I mentioned at the top, police brutality is a problem. Uh, it's just I don't think it's, uh, it, it's not only a race-based problem. It's a, just a police in general problem of yeah. bad apples or whatever it is. And if we can figure out a way to curtail that, that's, I think a better situation because then you have individuals and, and, and basic civilians that want to become police officers and will dedicate their lives to that cause instead of just, Hey, we're podcasters, but also we got some guns and we're going to take you out. If you try to mess with, you know, it's like, right. It's, 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 I don't know. There's, it's a, yeah. it's all going to be, it's all going to just, it's, it's going to be good for certain pockets and good for certain periods of time. There's just not one big solution because in terms of this type of thing, because we're all human and the Bible speaks into how we're all fallen and there's not one righteous and all that kind of stuff. So eventually even a really good thing is going to, going to turn bad and yeah, it's all going to well, be like, go. over I, in I the end. We, knowing what you and I know, I think we know how this is going to end, but <laughs> yeah. it's fun to think about. Yeah. And it's we had a couple different to, stories. Fun to think about fun things sometimes, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, Toronto <laughs> police chief to resign. Uh, just another headline there. Uh, and then I think a New York commissioner, police commissioner stepping down. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of pressure to, you know, have these people that are, uh, previously in power in terms of the police force to step away from the situation. Uh, there's a vanity It's going to be mayhem after a standoff with de Blasio rumors, the NYT PD police commissioner will step down. And I think there was a something about 300 to 800 police officers are going to step down at the same time. Uh, and you know, that, that kind of thing is where hopefully we don't see the, the repeat of, Boston, Massachusetts, 1919, where people are being raped on the streets, Basil. I, I wouldn't want to see oh that. Gosh. Oh, my gosh. Nice straw man gone. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. What do we got? Uh, yeah, let's let's take one little break here. That was, that was exciting enough. Huh? Yep. It's break time. Come on, take a break. Here we go. A quick little break here, everybody. Don't worry. Stick around. See, if you stuck through the last break, you got to experience that whole fun battle that Gons and I just had. So make sure to (laughs) stick around. We got more stories. We're going to be doing some COVID updates. Actually, some incredibly fascinating COVID stuff. Some more artificial intelligence. uh, Some some really interesting stuff. So stick around. Uh, Don't go anywhere. But... Uh, on that note, I want to thank some of our new Twitch followers who are coming over. I'm expecting a lot of them are coming from YouTube because uh, they don't stand for the censorship and the demonetization and the sabotage that we've been experiencing here. So let's uh, give some dingy old dingers. You got your dinger ready there, Gons? It's, well, it's, it's, yeah, sure. Okay. Oh, sure. <laughs> I don't technically go. have this called dinger, but all right. The, okay. I have the dinger as this. 
which yeah. is not what we use for the for the Twitchers. But go on. Oh, what do we use for the Twitchers? Uh, this one. Ah, okay. I don't know. I'm gonna still call it a ding. All right, because I like referring to your dinger. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, some new Twitch followers. Amos seven fourteen. Ooh, Bible passage. Here we go. Yeah, probably. Look it up. Uh, oh, this one's good, Gons. We got a new user, Age of Deceit. Ooh, I like it. Yes. Then we got many scoffers will say. Ooh, getting biblical in here. Yeah, here's a good one. Also biblical, Nephilim kitten. <laughs> Hold on, let me find the. Let me find the. Uh... There we go. There you go. Here's your Nephilim kitten. Uh, new user, Steely Han. Steely Han. <laughs> Steely Han, Steely Hans, Han, maybe like of Steely, Steely Don. Dan. Yeah. Uh, Rage. Cool. Oh, this one's good. Ruach and Roll. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, very yeah, fun. Nice. We got SpaceX Musketeer. I like that too. Very good. Unworthy Redeemed One. Cool. And those are all the new ones. Let me refresh the list real quick. See if anything new pops up. But a big old thank you and shout out. Oh, we did have some new ones pop up. Hannah DTL. Nice. Down to listen. Uh, ooh, how do I? John Foo Master. <laughs> That's funny. Sweet. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much, everybody, for following us on Twitch. As you know, we are uh, having trouble all across the Internet, keeping our content up uh, for no reason. But here we are. We're live on the Twitch and uh, a lot of fun uh, new improvements to the show that we're trying to unlock as well as ways to support ourselves. So everybody who follows and watches live on Twitch is a friend of mine. Um, Also. We've got more friends, Gons. Do you know yep. this? We've got more I friends. Know. There's so many and friends. And just to, for all these new listeners, I want to let you know how it works around here. We run on what's called the value for value system. What is that, you might say? Well, what it is. When you uh, have a show of any kind, create content content of any kind online and you get a big enough following, you suddenly start getting all these offers for advertisement on your content. And that's what's wrong with the world today, folks, because then that incentivizes uh, the content creator to be as friendly and non-confrontational and as, uh, as, as, as and soft compliant and kitten soft as they can possibly be to keep their funding structure through their advertisers. You cannot talk about the things that we talk about on this show if we uh, said yes to any of our advertising offers. And so in uh, probably the worst uh, business move of our life, we made a commitment to not take advertising dollars. Now, what does that mean for us? Well, it means we're pretty much broke unless <laughs> the you, the listeners and the uh, the audience finds value in what we create, in which case they have the opportunity to put value back into the show, keeps it going, keeps it growing, and keeps food in the mouths of Gonza's children and my cats. And that's very important nowadays because we are uh, we're not essential employees, Gonz, except... Yeah. For our listeners, we well, are you know, your essential employees. I don't know if I've announced this on the news talk or on anything okay. really, but uh, there's a little sun coming for me. There's a mini Gons. A coming. little mini Gons little boy, boy on the way. 
Oh, and, uh, wait, it's a boy? It's I don't a boy. think I knew this. I really? don't think you told me this. Oh, I didn't tell you? Okay, yeah, it's oh a boy. Oh my gosh. It's a boy. Little samurai prince. I know, it's going to be ins- It's. Uh, oh man, my hair got super get, gray. <laughs> we need to get more. <laughs> we need to get boy. more value for value producers joining yeah. <laughs> on. We have another mouth to feed. Holy smokes. Yep. So, uh, so there you go, everybody. There's a, a new samurai prince coming into the world. Gons, congratulations, my Thank boy. You, sir. Your your first son. Yep. Uh, very, very proud of you. And uh, so there you go, folks. There's the call. We are value for value. And here's the thing. When you uh, donate to the show or participate, create art, create jingles, create music, uh, share the show, do anything, send us articles. You're not just a listener. You're not just an audience member. You are a producer of the show. And uh, because of that, we want to give some thanks to some of our new producers. Gons, are you ready? Yes. Okay, I'm over here on patreon.com slash CCNT for Canary Cry News Talk. Patreon.com slash CCNT, where you too can become a producer of the show. And some of our newest producers, here we go. First one, new new producer, Candice. Welcome, Candice. Thank you very much, Candice. And another uh, very generous producer, Gretchen. Welcome, Gretchen. Gretchen. Gretchen's been around for a while, actually. Uh, So thank you very much for jumping on board, Gretchen. Uh, We got another producer, Sarah. Sarah. That's right. And uh, one last new producer named Ravana. 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 Thank you so Uh, much. Yes, thank you for that. And Rook X in the chat uh, on YouTube is saying, where is the super chat? Well, Rook... They uh, they demonetized the entire Face Like the Sun YouTube channel, so no super yes. chats uh, for the foreseeable future. That's why. Yes, no we, super uh, chats. We don't see that there. So if you want to uh, become a producer of the show, head to patreon.com slash ccnt. That's patreon.com slash ccnt. But not just that. We know a lot of people uh, are not fans of Patreon. Um, and if you're not a fan of Patreon, that's okay because we have something called canarycryradio.com slash support canarycryradio.com slash support that's right canarycryradio.com slash support we've got uh, paypal options over there we've got recurring uh, monthly support which is very important for us but you can also give one-time donations and become a producer that way if commitment is not your thing we get it you can just come in one time and uh, that is very much appreciated as well uh who are our new producers over on patreon guns uh, sorry paypal paypal we got nathan coming in with a well hold on hold on where's my jingles here oh here we go uh let's see old nathan's recurring but i'll give you a little yeah a good gong anyway charity thank you charity for your support thank you charity and we have al al Al. recurring thank you al tristan which i think i saw tristan in a couple different places but thank you tristan thank you tristan Woo! and we have arnold coming in big arnold 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 came in big and we also have john i'll just say John. john thank you very much john thank you for your support and that's it for well okay. hold on there's well there's a couple oh. recurring 
that uh, I think we've given shout outs to before. And then we also, okay. uh, just before we, I forget here, we also have the uh, patreon.com slash canary cry radio supporters. And for those new producers, we got Lawrence. Thank you, Lawrence. Lawrence. And we also have Jamie. Jamie. Jamie coming in. Hi, me. <laughs> And I don't remember if we went over these. We did. We thanked Kathleen last show, but thank you again, Kathleen. Kathleen and Jack. We 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 also thank Jack. Jack. We're we're up to date. Okay, we're up to date. What up, Jack? Okay. Well, thank you to all of our producers, new and recurring. You guys are the best. And thank you. You know, I really love this value for value system because what it does is it gives people ownership. And that's the thing. You know, this uh, we started out as just a couple of guys doing a podcast. And uh, what started out as us in our garages uh, has turned into a whole tribe of people across the world um, looking for better answers and looking for permission to ask questions and search uh within the the uh light of uh, you know biblical truths and and uh, truths about what's going on in the world so we appreciate uh everybody jumping on board even if you're not supporting thank you for listening um and uh especially to our new producers thank you so so much and i'll keep an eye on the uh, the patreon and gons will keep an eye on the paypal and if we get any new producers shine signing up uh, to support the show during the show we'll be checking back and giving some more shout outs a little bit later in the show uh, you guys are the best and please uh, keep them coming if you feel led to support the show um, please please do it's it's the only way that we're going to keep going it's the only way that uh, we've made it this far we can only do it with the support of the producers so thank you so so much uh, Gons anything else for this break I think that is it okay uh you know what we need to do we need to get a jingle to get us out of the break we've got yeah. the into the break so uh that's another way you can uh, become a producer of the show uh a lot of our jingles i mean i don't know if the majority yet but enough to say hyperbolically the majority of our jingles are uh listener produced producer produced um so out there if you're a creative person who knows their way around uh some sound editing software or you're a musician go ahead and we we need a jingle for coming out of the break and back into the show you can yep. s- make that and send that to canarycryradio at gmail.com please do it we need you canarycryradio at gmail.com okay are you ready to jump back into it gons <laughs> that's right jumping back into the covid got to keep an eye on it because uh you know of course news has been sparse on developments um of the global pandemic that is covid19 uh the mask wearing continues to fall gone across society except for those at protests well, you go to the store, you go to all this stuff. It's all still COVID out, at least in my area. People wearing masks. You can't go into stores unless you get sanitized by the yeah, man with depends. the spray and just the whole mm-hmm. deal. So, yeah. yeah. All right. What well, do you want to take this one? You you actually sure. did a lot more of the, uh, the yeah yeah. The so research uh, on this one, there was a story that was uh, that came out, 
And uh, the headline was Norway scientist claims report proves coronavirus was lab made. And it was on Forbes.com. Crazy. And crazy. We're like, oh, wow. They, uh, they actually did it. They actually said mainstream it. Mainstream Forbes uh, actually allowing a piece of uh, literature to go out. <laughs> Uh, not even just suggesting, but it said proves that it was made in a lab. Yeah. And uh, but unfortunately, the page is no longer active and no. we regret any inconveniences. Uh, but <laughs> there is a, a trick up our sleeves. It's called the uh, the archives, the web archives. The Internet remembers all if you go to web.archive.org and people took snapshots of the article, then you can pull it right back up. And so we did. And this is uh, this was Forbes.com. Norway scientist claims report proves coronavirus was lab made. And the article states Norwegian scientist Berger Sorensen has claimed the novel coronavirus SARS-CoV-2 is not natural in origin. The claims by the co-author of the British Norwegian study published in the quarterly review of biophysics are supported by the former head of Britain's MI6, Sir Richard Dearlove. Dear love, the study from Sorensen and British professor Angus Dalg- uh, Dalglish show that the coronavirus's spike protein contains sequences that appear to be artificially inserted. They also highlight the lack of mutations since its discovery, which suggests it was already fully adapted to humans. The study goes on to explain the rationale for the development of, vi- of BioVac. Uh, BioVac-19, a candidate vaccine for COVID-19 that is now an advanced preclinical development. Uh, Sorensen told NRK that the virus has properties that differ greatly from SARS and which have never been detected in nature. He explained that China and the United States have collaborated for many years on coronavirus research, something that we covered as well and many others have. Sorensen claimed that both countries participate in gain-of-function studies in which the pathogenicity or transmissibility of potential pandemic pathogens can be enhanced in order to understand them better for months rumors have persisted that the virus was created in the advanced virology lab in wuhan lab bosses told chinese state television that the claims were total fabrication and that the lab had never done any research into viruses similar to sars-cov-2 According to Sorensen, it was Chinese scientists that first released the sequences that the British-Norwegian study later claimed to have been unnatural in origin. He claims that China has since put a lid on other such studies. Former MI6 heads, uh, head backs the research. Sir Dearlove, who was head of MI6 from 1999 to 2004, told the Daily Telegraph that the research shows that the pandemic was uh, the pandemic that paralyzes the world may have started in a lab. He suggested that the biosecurity failure might have led to the virus escaping during an experiment with bat coronaviruses. Dearlove added that he thought it is uh, that he thought it unlikely to have been released deliberately, but that China had clearly tried to cover up the release. "Quote: I I think this started as an accident. I think there was a typo there with two eyes." This raises the question of whether China will assume responsibility and whether China should pay compensation. I think this will make all countries think through their relationship with China and how they relate to China's leadership, said Dearlove. He also added that the report had been rejected by multiple scientific publications to avoid angering China. Welcome to China! 
and, anger uh, China. I know. Don't anger China. And by the way, uh, just for, uh, since we're talking kids too, I was telling, uh, I had my, my daughter, she's three now. I had her walking around saying, you know, COVID-19, COVID-19, you know, talking about why she had to wear, <laughs> wear a mask and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and the wife wasn't too happy about that. I don't know why she wasn't too excited about it, but she came up with a, this, this idea to call it the super sniffles. And so uh, if you had little kids, your, my your wife baby did. No, oh, my wife, wife did. Yeah. So <laughs> if anybody wants to use a euphemism of COVID-19, uh, the super sniffles is a good, good one to throw out there. Ah, I like it. Super sniffles. That's good. Yeah. But yeah, this uh, this article that I just read scrubbed from the Forbes. Uh, yeah, very interesting and uh, interesting that they let it go to print because it obviously goes against you know all orders that they've yeah. been given. So the fact that it even made it up in the first place was incredible, which is why we added it uh, to the show. And then it was just minutes later it had been taken down and replaced uh, by this. This article that is coming to the exact opposite conclusion. <laughs> Do I? I don't think I have that article. I, I, it's behind this. Uh, is it the controversial coronavirus lab claim or lab origin claims dismissed by experts? Is that the uh, one? Was that the? I don't know. What are you talking about? I, I think the. I can't get to it for some reason. But there's another article that is in its place. That is headline controversial coronavirus lab origin claims dismissed by experts. So yeah, maybe, well, that's maybe what they it just is. forwarded so, it to an older so article. So yeah, they, they, sorry, you put out that article, you read the article that was originally put out and then yeah. they put out an article on the same link. They replaced the article with uh, an article saying the exact opposite. And right. uh, we don't really need to go through it. All you need to know is they take it all back. Uh, interesting, very interesting. Um, in the in the replacement article, um, they state former MI6 uh, head backs the research. So, so the MI6 came out. They were told by MI6 that none of it was true and to take it away, but was talking about how former MI6 head backs the research um, uh, for for the. Yeah, well, maybe I should just read it. I mean, it, we'll read part of it. Long read the story part short, it was yeah. um, it, it was MI6 who came through and said, no, 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 you, this is wrong. You this can't is wrong. Put this out there. Well, because this is a former MI6 that came out and said this, right? The guy in the original article. Let me just read it. So okay. they they start out basically. Let's see. Uh, shoot, I just got to read it. Hold on. Well, just read Norway, parts of it. You don't have to read the uh, whole thing. Yeah, it's it's hard to tell because I haven't um. I didn't, uh, didn't highlight highlight anything, so I'd have to kind of scan through. Long story short, MI6 came out and said no. <laughs> okay, yeah. so, so which debunking in, in the their intelligence, own. the intelligence community got involved with this scientific research coming out. Uh, MI6, the sort of CIA of uh, of Great Britain, there. Oh, Great just Britain. for those yeah. who don't know, uh, part of Five Eyes, uh, the international. Um, intelligence community so there you go we we have we're running out of time and we but yeah, you can hit the show notes running we'll, out of time. we'll put the link in the show notes for you yep uh you got another um, covid story though yeah here you go hit me with that jingle COVID. uh 
CNBC.com headline, asymptomatic, remember, asymptomatic carriers of COVID are going to kill us all. The headline reads, asymptomatic spread of coronavirus is, quote, very rare, who Mm. says the HWO, World Health Organization. So we all know that uh, during the coronavirus, uh, the the peak of the coronavirus lockdowns and, and hysteria, the biggest fear of Anthony Fauci and the World Health Organization and everybody coming out with the official story of coronavirus. The biggest threat was asymptomatic carriers. You can have coronavirus, but uh, but you don't know it and you spread it to your mom and you kill your grandma. That was the whole thing that they said. But this article right. reads, coronavirus patients without symptoms aren't driving the spread of the virus. World Health Organization officials said Monday, casting doubt on concerns by some researchers that the disease could be difficult to contain due to asymptomatic infections. Some people, particularly young and otherwise healthy individuals who are infected by the coronavirus, never develop symptoms or only develop mild symptoms. Others might not develop symptoms until days after they they were actually infected. Preliminary evidence from the earliest outbreaks indicated that the virus could spread from person-to-person contact, even if the carrier didn't have symptoms. But WHO officials now say that while asymptomatic spread can occur, can occur, it is not the main way it's being transmitted. Quote, from the data we have, it still seems to be rare that asymptomatic person actually transmits onward to a secondary individual. Dr. Maria Van Kerkhove. Kirkov, uh, ahead of HWO's Emerging Diseases and Zoonosis Unit, said at a news briefing from the United Nations Agency, Geneva headquarters, quote, it's very rare. Government responses should focus on detecting and isolating infected people with symptoms, which is what should have happened in the first place. Uh, you know, you, you quarantine sick people, not healthy people, but okay. Government responses should focus on detecting and isolating infected people with symptoms and tracking anyone who might have come into contact with them. Van Kirk, Van Kirkhoff said she acknowledged that some studies have indicated asymptomatic or pre-symptomatic spread in nursing homes and in household settings, more research and data are needed to, quote, truly answer the question of whether (laughs) the coronavirus can spread widely through asymptomatic carriers, Van Kirkhoff said, uh, Van Kirkhoff added. Notice that uh, they need more data to truly answer, (laughs) indicating that all answers beforehand were not Truly, Uh, quote, we have a number of reports from countries who are doing very detailed contact tracing, she said, quote, they're following asymptomatic cases, they're following contacts and they're not finding secondary transmissions onward. It's very rare. In other words, we're tracking and tracing healthy people for no reason. Okay. (laughs) If asymptomatic spread moves to not be a main driver of the coronavirus transmission, the policy implications could be tremendous. A report from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention published on April 1st cited the, quote, potential for pre-symptomatic transmission as a reason for the importance of social distancing. So, so far, from CNBC mainstream, science-loving people, the reason for the importance of social distancing has now been eliminated. Or, considered very rare quote these findings also suggest that to control the pandemic it might not be enough 
for only persons with symptoms to limit their contact with others because persons without symptoms might transmit uh, might transmit infections, the CDC study said. That was before. To be sure, asymptomatic and pre-symptomatic spread of the virus appears to still be happening, Van Kirchhoff said, but remains rare. The fourth time now in this article, they're calling it rare. <laughs> that finding has important implications for how to screen for the virus and limited spread. Quote, what we really want to be focused on is following the symptomatic cases. No kidding, Van Kirchhoff said. If we actually followed all of the symptomatic cases, isolated those cases, followed the contacts, <laughs> and quarantined those contacts, we would drastically reduce the outbreak. Oh, wow. Where's our duh? Where's our duh thing? I, I don't, don't know. I, I think we it? lost that jingle. I don't A think I have it on duh. hand. Yeah. Anyways, I don't, I don't have, doesn't come as surprised to anybody, but it's just yeah. nice to hear it. You know, it's nice to see it in the mainstream finally saying, oh, this nonsense over it. Okay. Look, they, you can spread it as an asymptomatic or pre-symptomatic, but in no, <laughs> but uh, in no way should we have given that much attention to it since the beginning. But, you know, I tried to tell you. you only know what you know when you know it. And sometimes you stop knowing it. And, well, it was uh, politicized. So, you you, you yeah. knew that when stuff started to get politicized, that it was probably a scam, the whole thing. Oh, everybody knew it. Everybody knew it. Even the normies knew it. Everybody yeah. knew. But we are not, this is not revolutionary. No, it's not. But uh, it, it feels good. It feels feels good to read it out loud. Yeah. Very good. We have well, a- Well, that speaks for itself. Yep. I don't think there's much to comment on that. We got a few more stories. I'm looking for my AI jingle, but I cannot find it. And it was made by Steven. I don't know why I can't find it. I, I need a bigger board here. Yeah, let's get right. you a bigger board. I'm going to have to. We can well, get you a bigger board and have uh, <laughs> cut down on these jingle searching breaks. Uh, we, <laughs> we just got to have some producers step up. Thank you, guys. I know. Patreon. Well, we did have a couple CCNT. people come in. We did have somebody come in on PayPal, a producer. I'll just give him the shout out now. Okay. Ted. Thank you, Ted. You're a new Ted. recurring payment guy. And also Timothy coming in real big. Timothy, thank you so much. Thank you, Timothy. For your support. Thank you very much. And uh, let's see. Is this it? Artificial intelligence. Ooh, that's super that's loud. One. But that's the yeah. one. That's the one I was looking for. All right, this one's real quick. Uh, let me just do this one real quick because I sure. want to let you do the next one. Okay. Um, this is uh, this was sent in by a producer, Lynn. Thank you very much. Statnews.com. Uh, meet Stacy, your interactive guide to the rapid advances of AI in healthcare. Mm. Artificial intelligence has become its own sub-industry in healthcare, driving the development of products designed to detect diseases. Uh, earlier improved. Oh my gosh. Hold on. There's music coming from this website. Stop it. Stop. Uh, <laughs> distracting me. Artificial intelligence has become its own sub industry in healthcare, driving the development of products designed to detect diseases earlier, improve diagnostic accuracy and discover more effective treatments. One recent report projected spending on healthcare AI in the United States will rise to six point six billion in the 20 in uh, 2021 an 11 fold increase from 2014. 
The COVID-19 pandemic underscores the importance of the technology in medicine. In the last few months, hospitals have used AI to create coronavirus chatbots. Oh, so important. (laughs) That's what the world needs is more chatbots. Thank you. That's where the billions are going. (laughs) $6.6 billion in chatbots. Oh, my gosh. uh, that, that the hospitals have used AI to create coronavirus chatbots, predict the decline of COVID-19 patients. Uh, who cares? Okay. Okay. And diagnose the disease from lung scans. It's rapid advancement is already changing practices in image based specialties, such as radiology and pathology and the food and drug administration has approved dozens of AI products to help diagnose eye disease bone fractures, heart problems, and other conditions. So much is happening that it can be hard for health professionals, patients, and even regulators to keep up, especially since the concept of language uh, and language of AI are new for many people. The use of AI in healthcare also poses new risks. Biased algorithms could perpetuate discrimination along racial and economic lines and lead to the adoption of inadequately vetted products that drive up costs without benefiting patients. Understanding these risks and weighing them against the potential benefits requires a deeper understanding of AI itself. (laughs) It's for these reasons that we created Stacy, the stat (laughs) terminal for artificial computer intelligence. She will walk you through the key concepts and history of AI, explain the terminology, and break down its various uses in healthcare. This interactive, uh, this interactive is best experience on screens larger than a smartphone's. Oh, good. So you created something that excludes 98% of people on the internet. Remember, AI is only as good as the data fed into it. So... If Stacy gets something wrong, blame the humans behind it, not the AI. Okay. <laughs> blame the humans. The robots are perfect. Blame the humans. Um, so basically, Stacy is this program, very, uh, I don't know if you, do you have it on screen there, Guns? I, I do. have the stream up. Yeah. It's this talking, scary face lady. Oh, and, I don't know uh, if I have the, uh, oh, here we press go. Press launch. Oh, no, I just closed the article. Um, Launch? Well, launch it and kind of screw around with it. What's happening? Welcome. Mm. I am Stacy, the stat terminal or artificial computer intelligence, version 0.01b. I keep records on artificial intelligence and its potential uses in healthcare. AI is exploding in the health industry. A new generation of products is in development to help diagnose disease, discover drugs, treat patients, and determine who gets access to care. AI technology is spreading fast, making it hard for health professionals, patients, and even regulators to keep up. That's why STAT created me, to be your guide to artificial intelligence in medicine. I will walk you through the different types of AI, how they work, and the promises and pitfalls of their use in healthcare. Where do you want to start? Okay, so, I don't know. I keep warm and safe in my people's zoo. <laughs> That's perfect. So there you go. Stacy is uh, basically artificial intelligence PR. Uh, she's you know she's an artificially intelligent artificial intelligence PR person. Um, so you know you can click around, learn about AI. Of course, it's all done in the uh, 
the best light and uh, no mention of the Skynet takeover yet uh, that I could find within it. But be careful, you know, don't put any information in there that you don't want to, you know, kept on some database somewhere and used to train the AI. But there you go. This is uh, this is what's out there as trying to win people over to the to the Skynet takeover. I like how they try to make it look all glitchy and mm-hmm. and make it look all computery and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But the the mouth movements to the actual words being spoken not very good. I felt like I was watching some dubbed some dubbed stuff. Maybe they had to dub it in English from the AI language, the bleep blop language. <laughs> I don't know. Of course they did. That's yeah. what you always got to do that. You got to get uh, that human touch. Just want to shout out Alex coming into the Canary Cry Radio Patreon as we Ooh. speak. New producer. Ooh. Thank you, Alex. Thank you very much, Alex. And uh, anybody else who comes in, we'll do one more little break uh, near the end of the show. We'll give you some shout outs there just to keep. Uh, well, they're just coming in, man. They're coming in. I know. I know. Um, pretty, we got the greatest producers, man. Uh, we're running out of time, but I do want to get I, through this one real quick. And then maybe yeah. we'll do. Uh, well, we do have a quick. Let me just mention this. Epstein didn't kill himself. Jerusalem Post. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's what you wanted that's, to mention. That's the news. Uh, <laughs> Jerusalem Post. U.S. authorities seek to question U.K.'s Prince Andrew over Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, he got yeah. all that new heat with the the Netflix special. Yep, yep, yep. So uh, some more questions being asked, but still not really talking about the transhuman creepiness of the Epstein situation there. And also, I'm going to move right along here because there's not much to say on that other than there it is. Uh, here's another thing that I think uh, if you're, if you've been like a truther truther for a long time, then, uh, this yeah, is one OG. of those stories. OG, this yeah. Then OG this is a truther truthiness, truther topic. I tried to tell you. And this is, um, let's see, this is Yahoo finance.yahoo.com where this article is published. Neurotoxicity experts lead off federal fluoridation trial. Wow. Yeah. So I'm just going to read a couple paragraphs here. Top experts in children's brain development were scheduled to lead off testimony Monday. That's today in a groundbreaking case that challenges the nation's water fluoridation program. According to the fluoride action network, pre-filed declarations of Dr. Howard who and Bruce Lempier, both medical doctors and research scientists make clear that their robust studies indicate that fluoride has the potential to lower the IQ of children. There we go. Uh, there you go. We've been trying to tell you. I tried to tell you. But I, I think this is a pretty significant deal that, it's, that, that it got to this point. Yeah. Where the, where the trial know, is kicking off. The fight against fluoride, you know, given uh, the... Oh, my gosh. For those who don't know, if there's any new people here, fluoride is something that's put into the water supply of most... Uh, most major U.S. cities, at least. Yeah. Um, and it's put in there for the reasoning. Now, here's the thing. Some context. Fluoride is uh, the byproduct of, of some pretty nasty uh, chemical processes in, in manufacturing. And what is, they have all this byproduct called fluoride. Oh, what are we going to do with it? It's a known documented neurotoxin. Yep. And uh, is super unhealthy in in uh, in big quantities. Um, 
you know, the, the reasoning for doing what they do, which is what do we do with all this toxic byproduct? Well, uh, you know, it's good for your teeth. So let's put it in the, uh, the water supply as well as toothpaste and a lot of other things. And, but specifically putting it into the water supply reasoning being that it'll be good for the teeth of those experiencing homelessness. Uh, you know, we don't, we don't want to create meaningful, uh, useful programs to help the homeless. We don't actually want to help them get out of that uh, situation. What we do want to do is help them with their teeth by uh, poisoning the water supply. That's been happening for, oh, most of the 20th century, now into the 21st century. Um, and, you know, there's been people, you know, crazy conspiracy theorists talking about this for at least a generation or two. Um, but not, you know, they just get schleffed off as uh, tinfoil hat wearers. But here you go, an actual federal case being brought by scientists uh, that this practice needs to stop. So very, very interesting. A big victory for the OG uh, tinfoil hat people. It will kill. They've been saying it all along. And all, yes. obviously all, everybody mentioning the gay frogs. In the I, chat. I know I was going to say Alex Jones famously <laughs> said. Turn the frogs like, gay. They're putting the chemicals in the water. It turns the frogs gay. So there, there you go. go. We should uh, just have that clip. On, we uh, should have that clip. On, but on, on call for on when call. we, you know, talk about the, the really crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, um uh, the alien story, I you know, I don't really feel like we need to talk about it. It's just another theory about aliens and why it's it's a, a, an explanation for the Fermi's paradox and mm -hmm. basically what they're saying is that, you know, one uh, civilization don't visit us because we're we're murderous. Uh or that uh, once you become a certain level of uh, civilization, then you basically leave the, or you get taken over by AI. There's no reason to, I don't know. It was just a very uh, nihilistic view of, of how things are. It was a very dark view of, yeah. uh, of the alien Humans conversation. Bad, aliens good. Yeah, basically. Where are the aliens? As uh, okay. Elon would say, but I have a couple Nephilim updates. So I want to get through those. Yahoo. Nephilim update. I did the fun one first. Well, not fun. Uh, the the regular one first, and then the second one's kind of disturbing. But this one comes from ScienceNow.co.uk. Simontov review: Lessons in Mysticism. Asaf Ashery Mazi Simontov is a detective at the head of a new division that relies on mysticism to aid their investigations. This is a game, I think. By the way. Or a book or something. <laughs> when a young okay. girl goes missing, <laughs> Simantov, and by the way, giant uh, triangle with an eye logo for the whole Classic. story here. When Classic. a young girl goes missing, Simantov has to partner with her former lover, Yariv, with tension between them mm. mounting and supernatural clues piling up. Mazi and Yariv find themselves within a plot to bring on the apocalypse. So much Simantov. <laughs> Could have easily been a generic missing persons thriller, and Asaf Ashery doesn't shy away from including some con uh, conventional aspects. Mazzy is having trouble reconciling her private life with her job as her relationship with her husband suffers, which increases as she is partnered with Yarif. There's also great tension between Mazzy and her mystic mother, Rachel, who is perhaps the most fascinating character in the book with a history that is hinted at. However, 
Ashtray combines this cop thriller with Jewish lore to great success. As the story unfolds, the role of the Nephilim, fallen angels, uh, interesting that they would call them the fallen angels, become mm-hmm. more apparent and their longstanding enmity with a group called Lilith's Daughters. Mm. With rituals Lilith and mysticism. being the apocryphal second woman in the garden. Right, right. Uh, with rituals and mysticism throughout, Ashery produces an intriguing supernatural thriller cocktail. If you are someone who is interested in religious supernatural elements like this, Simantoth is something you should run to. Nephilim update. Nephilim update. Nephilim update. So there you go. There's one story. This one's a little more disturbing. International Business Times. Stepfather impregnates 14-year-old girl, says God had occupied his body. Oh, jeez. Yeah. The mother of a 14-year-old girl who was, uh, was in for a shock when doctors said that her daughter was two months pregnant. When asked, the teenager said it was an act of ongtep, which means God or deity. But after a preliminary probe, it was found out that her stepfather had sexually abused her. The incident in Buriram in Thailand came to light when the girl collapsed and was taken to hospital. Uh, taken to uh, the hospital. No, she told the taken hospital. To hospital is, taken uh, to hospital. The, that's our uh, UK friends. Oh, that's right. Again. That's how they right, say right. it in the UK. Okay. She told hospital. Uh, there was a the there, but uh, okay. She told no. the hospital's... <laughs> okay she told hospital staff that a deity had done this to her she's now being housed at burirang shelter for children and families in in the northwestern province in thailand yada 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 skip through this in a similar case in july of 2015 a 15 year old girl had claimed that jesus christ had impregnated her through a nephilim a race that are referred to in the bible as heroes of old men of renown the girl's family uh, being believers did not contest her claim. Nephilim update. Nephilim update. Nephilim update. I don't know what they got going girl. on. That's crazy, though. Yeah, I don't know what's going on in Thailand yeah. over there, but they yeah, they should come uh, on, Thailand. They should get it together and uh, and, and just <laughs> you know confess to their crimes instead of blaming God or Jesus or the Nephilim for that matter. Yeah, I don't know how true. the. Uh, that's a really intricate claim there jesus christ (laughs) impregnated her through a nephilim it's very uh i don't know maybe they should go back and read their bibles jeez people don't even read their bible for heaven's sakes (laughs) (laughs) okay all right guns wow we did it we did a show we did a whole show another one yeah, yeah, two and a half hours a, plus. That's, that's right. Wow, a whole big show. Good job. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in, especially those who tuned in on Twitch. I uh, I didn't want to jinx it earlier in the show, but uh, we sat at second place on the Twitch talk shows and podcast category uh, for most of the show. We couldn't quite break that first place, but we sat there right at the top, second place. So that's very cool. We're number two. We're number two. <laughs> Second is the best. First is the worst, <laughs> yes. unless we're there. Second is the best. First is the worst. That's us, everybody. Uh, so thank you very much for supporting us on Twitch, helping us hit our goals over there. Very exciting. That should be. Uh, we should have an update on that very soon. 
And uh, just poking around, seeing if there's any more Patreon, any more PayPal come through, Guns. Not uh, that just I can for see. some last minute shout outs. I think uh, I think we're all we're, caught up. I think we're all, we're all caught, caught up, up yeah. on Patreon. And remember, everybody out there, you can become a producer of Canary Cry News Talk uh, by supporting the show. That, that, that's how it works. You know, you're not just a donator or a listener or an audience member with a couple extra bucks. You know, if you help pay for the show, you are a producer of the show. So remember us for uh, next show at patreon.com slash CCNT for Canary Cry News Talk. We also have patreon.com slash CC, uh, nope. Patreon.com slash Canary Cry Radio. Either of those will work and get you a good producer shout out here on the show. And uh, remember, if you don't like Patreon, that's okay. You can head to CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. CanaryCryRadio.com slash support. And a quick shout out to Smiley Pants 707. Go meet him. Ask him some questions over on canarycry.community. Be nice. Okay. And uh, oh, that broke that broke my flow, Smiley Pants. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what I say? Okay, we did canarycryradio.com slash support. And uh, there's also other fun things you can give to the show using some cryptocurrency. If you do send cryptocurrency, uh, you got to send us an email to let us know so we can give you a shout out on the show because uh, that is... Uh, anonymous. We don't know who sends us that anonymous. stuff. Pseudo yeah. anonymous. So uh, make sure to do that. And remember, we do uh, three shows a week. Gons, uh, this week is going to be a little bit mixed up. We've got some scheduling conflicts. Uh, just so you know, if you're new, we do shows Monday, Wednesday, and Friday of every week, sometime, uh, starting sometime between noon and 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. This week is going to be a little shit. I don't know if we have any solid days for that. Do we guns? Uh, Probably Thursday. Well, we might be able to pull off a Wednesday episode. It might be a little earlier, but then Mm -hmm. Friday for sure. It's probably not going to happen. So maybe we'll do the third, uh, the third show on Thursday. If we can do that. So we'll have a show on Wednesday and another one on Thursday, Lord willing and the Creek don't rise. But if you want to keep an eye out for when the next show will be, just uh, follow us on Facebook. Just search Canary Cry Radio. Uh, Twitter, we put po- we post little reminders there too. Just follow us on social media. Uh, we'll be putting out messages uh, about a half hour before we start the show. So that's a good way uh, to keep in touch. And make sure you have your notifications turned on on uh twitch and youtube or wherever you're watching that's a great way to make sure you don't miss the show as well but remember us on wednesday remember to tune in then but here's the thing folks you know financially supporting the show is not the only way to become a producer of the show uh a lot of if not most of our jingles are produced by uh, people just like you so if you are a creative person and you know your way around some editing software you can send us some jingles uh really you can send us a jingle for anything any topic that we talk about on the show i do know we we do want a jingle for coming out of breaks and back into the show so uh we'll be taking uh taking applications for that send send them in if you got something for us send it to canarycryradio at gmail.com uh also if you're an artist a visual artist we love getting art uh, from our 
uh, producers as well. And we post that all over the place. Um, a couple shows ago, Jim sent us an awesome uh, reimagining of the Canary Cry Radio logo. You can see that on our Facebook. Getting a lot of likes on that. Uh, people love that logo. It's great. I don't know if you can if you have it there. You can pull uh, up guns. It's going to take me a moment to pull it up, but yeah. I'll yeah, I, I don't know if we showed it on the on an actual episode. So I want to give a chance to. To show the world the great work by Jim, his reimagining of the uh, the Canary Cry Radio logo. People are loving it. I love it. It's great. Um, but if you are an artist and you've got something, make sure to send it in. Uh, I know we've got some art sitting in our our inbox right now. Uh, so if you sent us something, uh, we'll we'll show it in on other episodes. I know we have some in there right now. We just don't have yeah. it in front of us. It's, um, that, so that, keep it. That response has been pretty. Uh, incredible with all the people sending multiple art pieces of art. Yeah, in. it's kind yeah, of overwhelming people, to be honest. A lot of people doodle during during the show or make art during the show. You can send that in. We're gonna we we're gonna use it for stuff. We're uh, still getting our act together for the newsletter and stuff and putting out uh, stuff. But we will post it on the the Facebook. Not probably not every single piece that comes in, but um, we'll be posting things occasionally on the Facebook. So make sure to check that out. Now, so uh, that's another great way to support the show you can also leave ratings and reviews um remember a lot of people uh, don't uh, don't remember we've been doing this in a podcast version for man eight eight or nine years now um and uh so we've got eight or nine years worth of material just search canary cry radio or canary cry news talk on any podcast catcher subscribe there and download and you can listen to all the episodes we've ever done you're going to want to do that search canary cry radio and canary cry news talk those are two separate shows uh so you want to check that out um but you know if uh, artwork or finances is not a way you can contribute to the show here's another great way to do it you're going to want to find the people that you love people your friends your family who are still getting their news from the mainstream and uh, their facebook wall you're going to want to walk right up to them you're going to want to grab them by the cage and then what do you got to do you're going to have to shake it guns the end of the world occurred pretty much as we had predicted i want to shake things up stir up some controversy rattle a few cages don't ever silence me. I'm the last angry man, a crusader for the little guy. Leave the bird alone. Never. Rattle a few cages. Rattle a few cages. The human race will have every opportunity to improve. And if they don't? Ask Noah. That's right. Just go ask Noah. Remember uh, to come back for the next show. Remember to tell your friends. Remember to support the show and send your art. We're going to be back on Wednesday. And uh, stick around. The show is not over. We're going to have a playlist of uh, great and hilarious songs written by producers sent into us. We've got a whole playlist building at the end of the show here. Uh, Stay in the chat. Stick around. Uh, and enjoy the work of fellow producers. And uh, if you're a musical person, if you are a musician, etc., uh, etc., et you can make a, a song uh, based on the show, based on uh, whatever, a topic, or, uh, uh, I don't know, a theme, uh, or just us in general. Maybe Googly Eyes? Let's get a Googly Eyes song. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's, it's going to be great. So stick around. We got three of them today. Um, and I think that's it. Anything, any last words, Gonzo? I think that's it. 
Time to go. I got to get out of here, man. Okay, it's time. It's time. <laughs> we got a hard out, folks. Thanks for listening to this episode of Canary Cry News Talk. Make sure to tune in next time. But until then, think outside the cage. Cyborg. I wanna shake things up, shake things up. I wanna shake things up, shake things up. Leave the bird alone. I wanna stir up some controversy. I wanna rattle a few cages. I wanna rattle a few cages. I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence me. I'm the last angry man. I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence me. I'm the last angry man. A crusader for the little guy. Little guy. You are entering a dimension of sound. You carefully come in through the threshold with wonder, yet skepticism. You see the faint shape of an outline of a robot arm petting a cat. You faintly hear the haunting sounds of a man playing a tambourine. The sound augments into two men playing with a soundboard. You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Stay a while and listen. And now, where Nephilim news meets biblical views, you'll find broken memes and shattered dreams. Give it up for Basil and God. In the future, humans will be confined in a people's zoo. People, I'll keep you safe and warm in my people's zoo. I'll keep you safe and warm now in my people's zoo. You and you in my people's zoo. I'll keep the cameras on.